Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Enjoy. <laughs> oh, there you are. Sorry, I do beg your pardon. I was too busy gloating, gloating over the fact that we got it all right with Meghan yesterday. I told you it'd be Windsor. You know why? Because they've got St George's Chapel. They've also got a chapel at Sandringham and they've got uh, another one at Balmoral. But the best one is Windsor because there's lots of famous people buried there. And all she'll have to do is have a little confirmation and, uh, and then they'll be doing it. So right yet again. And the honeymoon, Botswana. There you go, I tell you. It's embarrassing being right all the time, isn't it? But, uh, you know, as I say, I'm, I'm more up to speed with this than anything else. Uh, Viagra over the counter for next year. This is in an attempt to cut down on the fake Viagra, which is doing the rounds. Toby, are you listening? And also the, um, the illegal stuff. That's doing So people are sort of buying it or getting it on prescription and then selling it on the Internet. And there's all sorts of odd stuff out there. This time you can uh, get it over the counter from next year. So you'll better go and buy You just better buy it as per, you know, normal. Bit embarrassing, though, isn't it, really? Because I should imagine if you are in need of Viagra, you're hardly going to be going in there to boots the chemist with a 12-year-old girl behind the counter. I joke, of course. You know, saying, uh, some Viagra. And she's going to be going, OK, Viagra, 12 tablets. You know, that's how bad it's going to be there. So people will be going to the independent chemists. Always by far the better place to go. People at least a little bit more mature, I think. Uh, who's becoming uh, the baddie in the jungle? Snappy wag. Yes, it's, I mean, Victoria... Uh, sorry, not Victoria. Uh, Rebecca Vardy. We've had just about everything, haven't we? We've had details of her, of her sex life. We've had details of Peter Andre's non-sex life. Um, and uh, we sort of sympathise with everybody who's been used in it, because, unfortunately, poor Peter Andre had to go out the other night. He's been in hiding since uh, Rebecca Vardy revealed that she she slept with him for one night. I mean, she really is cheap in the extreme. The funny thing is, she says he was Mr Teeny Tiny in the downstairs department, and he he was the worst lover she'd ever have. Uh, He then retaliated with he didn't even know who she was. So it goes to prove she didn't make any mark, but obviously... And also, we can't work out if she was married at the time or... Well, anyway, it just descends into a war of words. Uh, she said it was like a little chipolata, which, of course, is predictable, because when he was in the jungle with Jordan, first time they met, he asked her if, he th- if she thought he was big in the downstairs department, and I don't think she... I don't think she knew what he was talking about, to be honest with you. She was always a bit thick. And, uh, and then when he was filming his calendar... They said, we've got the sock. He was there with his agent and they produced the sock, which Peter then shoved down his swimming trunks. So methinks there's not much down there to talk about. Poor little Peter, honestly. And the worst thing you could ever say to somebody, you know, tiny and rubbish in bed. Pig's trotters are back on the menu. Uh, 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 uh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know some people probably love them. I've seen that there's a restaurant in Paris that is famous for serving pig's trotters, and I can't think of anything worse. It's too disgusting for words. Uh, Also, an an Oxford college has rejected gender-neutral toilets. They think it could be embarrassing for women, so they've decided to do it. To be honest with you, who the hell wants gender-neutral toilets? You know, just go and use a toilet. Ridiculous. Uh, Also, Simon Cowell has bought a bolt hole, 20 million in America. And I had to explain to the producer, because he's Australian and we're British and we have different phraseology, I had to explain what a bolt hole was. And I said, it's somewhere that you escape to when, you, when you've had enough and you think, oh, I just want to go and, go and be by myself or do whatever. So he, he's bought this place in America. Uh, Mel Beers, I told you a few days ago, but it's still hitting the papers. Today has settled the bitter divorce with Stephen. Six and a half million quid, provided the sex tapes are destroyed. I think you just go, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're all destroyed. 
uh, and then just hang on to them. That'd be easy, wouldn't it, really, I suppose. But uh, So there were sex tapes. There were sex tapes, as we were convinced there were. Uh, the jungle favourite, Georgia Toffolo, Toff, Toff, Toffee, whatever she is, she won't win, say, a couple of her posh friends, because she's not working class. But the trouble is, darlings, she is working class. Her father's a scrap metal dealer. And the mother's with somebody else. There's, there's no class. They've, they've elevated themselves. She's uh, she's working class girl. I should imagine, to be honest with you, it must be very embarrassing, mustn't it? This is my dad. Oh, what am I, I doing? I'm sorry, but your daughter speaks like this. is terribly, terribly cultured. And the father's, all right, son, all right. <laughs> so uh, she's, not, uh, she's not upper class. She really isn't upper class. She's very much working class. In fact, she's probably quite low down the working class stakes. Um, a journo jibe at the News 3 BBC. Somebody complaining, one of their journalists, complaining bitterly that, um, in fact, there's been too much coverage of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Well, I better tell you again today, there's pages and pages and pages uh, of, you know, her life before him, what it's going to be like, uh, where they're going to be going, where they're getting married. As I say, I sort of I rubbed my hands with glee the other day. When it, because somebody, when I said it yesterday on the programme, somebody wrote in and went, you don't know anything, they won't be getting married in, uh, in Windsor. So, of course, they'll be getting married in Windsor. You know, Why? Well, I can't tell you how I know why, but I knew they were getting married in Windsor. <laughs> and uh, proven right, the Queen has given permission, because she has to give permission. You know, if she says, no, you're not getting married there, then he wouldn't be married there. But it's going to be a low-key affair, and the royal family are paying for that. They're paying for the wedding, they're paying for the music, they're paying for all sorts of things. <coughs> there will be certain things that they won't be paying for, like there will be, I should imagine, quite a big security bill. But within Windsor Castle, they're a sealed unit. You know, they, they've withstood all sorts of things at Windsor Castle, so to keep out a few press photographers shouldn't be too difficult. Drones might be slightly more difficult, but uh, they're there. So once you're inside and the gates are shut and they're inside the castle, there's all sorts of bolt holes inside there, let me tell you. Uh, does anybody understand Tamara Eccleston? Have you heard her husband talk? He's kind of talk like that, isn't he? Or going off for a football match. He's the one who's poncing around the house. With, uh, with the 50 servants. And we're saying they're running Highclere Castle with 14, and that's, that's a far more classy place than the tacky old Eccleston place. Uh, also, what else do we have? What else do we have? Oh, a lot of players come forward claiming to have won the jackpot from a draw in November the 18th, which I think was... I forget how much money was in it. Uh, also, uh, fans blast a pundit over a sexist remark. The sexist remark is a football pundit, I think, calling somebody love. Well... You want to come round here? We use all those words, don't we? We're producer and I, we're, he said he calls people love. We call each other all sorts of names. We don't, we don't think it's sexist. It's just a term of affection. Because unlike some places where, where people are working, we all like each other round here. You know, it's a nice place to work. It's a fun place to work. And people are nice. I mean, not everybody's nice. I mean, I wouldn't like to say exactly 1,000 people. Every single person is great. But, I mean, all the people we encounter, they're all very nice. People chat to you. People, you know, people are nice about you. People feed you. Uh, people, you know, people smile at you. People make you laugh. They tell you things about themselves. We tell them stuff about ourselves, sort of. And uh, and you send in Christmas cards, and uh, and it's lovely. And occasionally you get an internet troll, but we just we just block them. It's hilarious. We always do it because what well, well I say we block we mute them. So because they don't know, they just carry on writing in. There's a couple of thickies, you know, people who really are a bit simple that you can't do anything about. And uh, you just you just mute them, and then you never read them ever again, which I think is lovely. Uh, one here it says pigs trotters delicious. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, you're eating feet. 
It's feet. They've been walking around in mud and everything. All right, I understand you wash that bit off, but... And then you, you take the meat from between their toes. Oh, that is so disgusting. I seriously, I couldn't... Oh, no, thank you very much indeed. We used to have them on the farm when I was a girl, says Dorothy. Oh, Dorothy, please, don't make me feel ill this morning. We don't. I mean, pigs trotters. I can't even eat. You know, we don't do black pudding or white pudding. We don't do... Oh, you do black and white. Do you? But you're Australian. You do black You do black and white pudding, do you? Oh, blimey. God, you're more... He said to me earlier on, because I said, oh, I'm going out for a breakfast today. There's a whole group of us. And, and then on Friday, I'm going out with a couple of people from the office for a, for a lunch. And so we then get the uppity bit. We then get a bit of attitude going on with Aussie boy. You know, oh, right. So... You know, you're going out with all these people and you're, I'm the producer and you don't go out with me for lunch. So I've said to him, I've, I've offered an open invitation. I said, you know, any time you want to go out for lunch, as long as it's not in the next year, uh, I'm more than happy to take you out and treat you. Provided you just have one course. I'm not, I'm not springing for a starter and a pudding. You know, just to be the one course. Uh, I'll have the bottle of Prosecco and you'll have a, perhaps a chilled water or something like that. And uh, it'll be fun. But I said, any time you want to go out, I'll take you out. He thinks he's now being sidelined. In favour of other people. But he's not. He's not. He's absolutely not. It's just that I am worried that he might drink more than me. In which case, the bill could rock it somewhat. Because I know what he's like. When he, when he takes, you know, girls out that he's interested in. I mean, apparently the booze bill is phenomenal. <laughs> no, it's not. Because he won't spend the money. He will not spend the money. He does the usual trick that Paul Smith does. Is Oh, God, I've left my, oh, I've left my wallet at home. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll, pay, you when, I'll pay you when we get back. <laughs> yeah, right. That's why you're dropping me off first. That's how it works with Paul. He'd be furious at me telling you that. Because he always says, you know, just in case his mother's listening, which hopefully she isn't. Uh, Whose Throne has sold for £850 and uh, banned the migrant who was driving to Hungarian rules on the road. A bigger buffoon you'd be hard pushed to find, ladies and gentlemen. It's a good old lie, isn't it? Um, But I thought uh, in this country I, I drive to Hungarian rules. Yes, dear, of course you do. And by Christmas 42, you'll... You'll be eating insects because apparently you can get some bread now that is made with crushed insects because loads of people eat insects around the world. They're very happy. Also got some of your Christmas cards. They've started arriving in. Thank you so much indeed. (coughs) And we've got the papers, which means that we've got more on Harry and Meghan. Harry coming back from the gym yesterday. They really can't dress in the royal family, can they? You would think coming back from the gym, he'd come out of the gym and get into a car and be driven back with a Royal Protection Officer. No, apparently he's walking down the street by himself, which seems a bit odd. Also a shapeless outfit. And also, he obviously doesn't have um, a shower at the gym because he's not carrying a kit bag. He's not carrying anything at all. So how does that work? Uh, plus we've got the Corrie Star, who sexually assaulted two women. It's these people who have got everything that I do not understand. I don't, I don't condemn people because I don't know the full facts of the story. But uh, this particular one is a well-known actor. He's played gay on television, but that's, they're just acting, OK? Just acting. It's like, you know, gays playing heterosexuals and things like that. That's happened a lot, happened a lot in Hollywood. And so he then sort of goes out and assaults two people in a discotheque, which could mean anything from touching them inappropriately to, to doing whatever. But you think, if you've got everything, if you are a well-known person and you're on television and people recognise you as you're walking down the street and they go, there's so-and-so, or, oh, look, that's so-and-so over there, you would think that you just didn't do anything. I remember years ago, they used to say, if you're a children's television presenter on the BBC, you are supposed to be celibate and you don't drink alcohol. You drink milk and you live a sedentary lifestyle, you know, almost monastic in existence. 
But, of course, that's not like that at all. You know, children's TV presenters are probably the worst out of all of them. They don't, they don't all sit there, you know, clutching a rosary and a set of beads or something. They don't do that. But I'm afraid nowadays, if you are on the television and with all these stories about people and their shenanigans of forcing themselves on people, it's the forcing, isn't it, which I think people find so distasteful, like going up behind somebody and goosing them. Well, you don't do that anymore. Why would you do that? You don't do it. It's just, it's not acceptable behaviour. And you certainly don't do it if you're well known. If you've had a few drinks, I suppose you've got roughly a feeble excuse that, you know, you did it whilst you were under the, under the influence of alcohol. But it doesn't really wash in this day and age. You're supposed to know the difference between right and wrong, and that will be considered wrong. But if you are famous, why would you want to throw your career away? Why would you really... I mean, he's, he's, out, he's out of contract, I believe. You're going to see him till 24th of December, I think, on screen, still in Corrie. But you think, who's going to touch you now? Because this this will taint your career. And it's it's difficult, isn't it? I, I sort of... You, you feel that you should bang somebody's head against a wall and say, listen, you shouldn't be doing that in a nightclub. I mean, is it because people think that if you're in a nightclub, you're easy? You know, that's it's it's it, perhaps it's sending out the wrong wrong messages to somebody. Uh, a lot of people telling me about pigs trotters. Thank you very much indeed. I shan't be reading any more out. Can't bear the idea. Uh, always enjoy listening to you on the spike, says Waj. Uh, and yesterday, I was reliably informed that Kingston Council have made plans to scrap the food market stalls in the marketplace. Um, I don't see why they would have done. They just spent a fortune putting them all in. So why, why would they do that? I don't see why they would do that at all, actually. Um, never heard of that. And uh, that's the, uh, that is the official market. It's been a market there since God knows when. So they, why would they be doing away with it? What's the point of that? I don't believe a word of that. I think that's a load of old crap. I really don't think, you know, they've actually just spent a fortune putting up purpose built buildings and the market is very popular there. But uh, and then somebody's sort of saying, oh, I shall do my Christmas shopping elsewhere. Well, go and do it somewhere else. Why would they want to scrap it? I mean, it just doesn't. We, we, we shall have a check. Kingston Council to scrap market store. Why? They're the most popular things around there. I don't believe it. I mean, unless you really are a stupid person. But if you're not, are they going to get well, why would they get rid of them? It generates an income. Not only does it generate income, which is good income, it's also extremely popular. Or do you mean the Christmas market? In which case, you could probably put it somewhere else. Probably put it in a car park somewhere like that. But uh, they're never going to uh, get get rid of uh, the food market stalls in Kingston next Christmas. I don't, why would they say that? I just don't believe it. Don't believe it. I believe you're a mischief maker. Because the producer's hunting through, even as we speak, to see if we can find something about it. Because, if listen, if it's been repeated anywhere either in council or something like that. But luckily, I've got your phone number, so, you know, if, if it had a backlash, I'll be passing your number on. OK, thank you very much indeed. That's uh, 236 at the end, isn't it? Yeah. Just like to make sure we've got all these things, because you do get some stupid people. But, you know, I, I like to check that. I don't want people to be sort of listening to this, thinking, wait a minute, I work the market, uh, so they're doing away with the Christmas... No, rubbish, isn't it? It's, it's not happening, is it? No, not happening. We think you're a liar. But I'm hanging on to your number, just in case. OK. So uh, if you get a little knock on the door, it'll be the council clamping down on you very quickly. I re- somebody wrote in years ago to me, and again, another, another simple person, saying, oh, I hear they're going to be closing bentals and all this kind of stuff. These people are screwy, aren't they? You do get people who have quite clearly got a few screws loose. And they, why would you want to do away with something that's tremendously effective? Not only effective, but in fact, if you knew anything about Kingston, you would know that the market stalls go all the way down the pedestrianised area now. <coughs> Excuse me, as well as the, uh, the marketplace. And I love the way. I just don't believe you. I think you're a troublemaker and I'm going to get you. 
Look at that. I'll, say, I'll tell you, we are cooking with gas this morning. Uh, so not only right on Meghan and Harry. I love the idea that we knew it was uh, St George's Chapel in Windsor. And then some fool yesterday, oh, in God's name, wrote it. They went, oh, the, the bride gets married in her childhood church. Most people don't go to church, thicko. Nobody goes to church nowadays. If, I, if, I, if the producer said to me, I'm getting married tomorrow, apart from that, I'd fall off my chair. It'd be a case of, so he wouldn't be getting married in his childhood church, would he? Because he hasn't got a childhood church. If he has, it's probably either in Ireland or back in uh, in Australia. But it doesn't work like that at all. You get married where you live. What do you think? You move from, say, Yorkshire to come back down to Chelmsford. Thicko. God, I tell you. Some people are very lucky who just do music-based programmes. They don't have to put up with stupid people. These people vote. They vote. God, very feisty. You think feisty this morning? Love it. Somebody said to me the other day, you're always in a bad mood. And I always go, ask, ask the producer. If I called him in an hour, say, am I ever in a bad mood? And he will go, no, never in a bad mood. I just don't do bad moods. I thrive on your misery. That's how good it gets. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a really nice heavy company. If the New Year's Honours Committee were to come calling Steve, would you now accept an award? No, absolutely not. Absolutely. It's very Listen, I have a couple of awards. I'm quite happy, thank you very much indeed, with them. You don't do this job for, for, what you, for what you get out of it. You do it because, A, you love doing it. B, it's easy-peasy, lemon-squeezy. And, uh, and thirdly, they pay you money. And that's, that's all you can hope for, isn't it? I mean, to actually have. Years ago, they used to say, oh, a job for life. And then all of a sudden, the job for life never existed. All of a sudden, there was no job that you could have for life. Coal miners thought they had a job for life, and it turned out they didn't, because we could bring coal in cheaper from abroad. So the mines became redundant, and we had the miners' strike, of course, which turned into carnage in some areas. So I was always quite grateful that people are always going to want radio. People are always, always, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, whether you're young or you're elderly, whether you're simple, whether you're going through operations, whether you're an insomniac, whether you're, you know, it doesn't discriminate radio. It doesn't really care, you know, who you are or what you are. So you can be gay, straight, transgender. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't make any difference at all. You can be white, brown, blue, black. I don't care. I really don't care. Somebody could write in to me. I wouldn't have the faintest idea what ethnicity somebody was. It's just somebody who writes in. I mean, obviously, with some names, I'm going to be a bit quick off the mark and guess that they might be, you know, of a particular uh, ethnic side of the community. But I don't... It doesn't really affect me. If somebody writes in called Nigel, I don't think, oh, I wonder what, wonder what Nigel looks like or something like that. I never bother about it. So that's why radio is this great leveller. It really doesn't matter. And people listen to the radio, and they listen for different reasons. They listen because they either like the person they're listening to, they like what they're talking about, but as I said before, even if they don't like you, they listen all the time. They have, because they haven't got anything else. They have to listen to be annoyed because it's, it's their only thing and then they find other like-minded people. It's always very easy to find stupid people on the internet. Good God, it's full of them. Absolutely full of them. You know, some very odd, peculiar people who think they understand everything, but in fact, really, they don't understand anything at all. I remember somebody writing to somebody who said, I really don't like Steve Allen. They said, what are you listening for then? Because I can. And you think, well, that's it. You're a simpleton. You know, you don't have any friends. The only friends you've got are the people who share the peculiar thoughts that you have. And that's the way it works in radio. It works exactly the same for television. Exactly the same for television. It probably works exactly the same for airlines. There'll be people who complain about certain airlines because they don't like this or they got on the plane and they were served last or something happened or, you know, they didn't sort of put prayer mats down. It could be anything. People complain at the drop of a hat now. We went to this, this restaurant and the service was terrible. Well, don't go there again. 
Don't get there again. But people now write fake reviews for restaurants, don't they? This was dreadful. Generally, other restaurateurs write stuff like that. So we, we are a complaining nation. We always have been. We always have been. We've always complained about everything. I spend my life complaining about it because I get paid for doing it. And it, it's not difficult. It's not difficult. Uh, any truth in the rumour that Jem and Collins is designing Meghan's wedding dress? Or did I misunderstand? One of her own dresses will replace the marquee for the reception, says Kevin, in Luton. <laughs> Poor old Gemma Collins. She was pictured in one of the papers today with that ghastly clothes collection of hers. If you were an oversized girl, this would be the last stuff you'd be buying. Seriously, you can buy some really nice fashions. I wouldn't want to be told by somebody like Gemma Collins because it's like the GC. It's like, you know, it's all this kind of stuff, you know. And uh, as I say, who cares? Fat bird fat. Apparently she was pictured coming out of a gym the other day. I thought she was happy being fat. Obviously another lie. Um, you have to burn the hair off using a naked flame, but fried pig's ears are even more delicious, says Tony. Ugh, 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 ugh. No, thank you very much indeed. I couldn't eat anything that uh, that sort of resembled the uh, the animal. I, I'm, I'm re- really absolutely not. Uh, uh, Jess says, how do you avoid darling and love in showbiz? Well, you can't. It's not physically possible. You know, darling, I mean, oh dear, I know more people in show business. Hello, darling. In fact, actually, Ed Stupok Stewart used to have a little jingle with a, a little Cockney boy going, hello, darling. Uh, Charlie Drake. Mm. Uh, he used to go, hello, my darlings. And that's what people did. Darling, love, poppet, all sorts of words. They're quite normal parlance. Quite normal. Uh, more intriguing, because I, I never fancied pigs trotters, but a butcher in Kennington sold them in the late 80s. More intriguing, dried pig's ears sold as dog chews. You can still buy them, Holly. Go round any market, you will find a stall that sells pig's ears, dried, which people give to their dogs. I know, I know. Uh, and I know that because I've, uh, I've seen them. Uh, 84850, CJ, <clears throat> says, Kingston on Thames without Bentles be like Knightsbridge without Harrods. I know, their windows are super this year. Their windows are really good. Unfortunately, they're digging up the road outside. It was a bit of a pain in the rear end. But no, they're absolutely lovely. Absolutely lovely. Their, their windows are really good. In fact, I was, I was thinking one morning I'm going to come through and, uh, and stop and get out and go and have a look at them. Because you need to see them in, in the dark. They look, everything looks so much better in the dark, doesn't it? Windows and the, and the light. They do, have you seen them? They're really pretty. They're all sort of animated things. Which we, When we were kids, we used to come up to London to see the lights. And there's loads of lights. Loads of lights. If you're thinking of coming into London uh, for a night out or something like that, going to Winter Wonderland... If you've got a heart complaint, don't go any of the big rides. <laughs> I told my boss the other day. I told my boss about going on the rides with Paul Smith. And uh, he said, you, Steve, you shouldn't be going on the thing. He's like that. He's, he's very concerned. <laughs> he said, you shouldn't be going on things like that. He said, it's not good for you. I said, I know. I said, I know. I said, I, 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 I thought I was dying. I think Paul Smith thought I was dying at the same time as well. But as I say, I don't blame him as he dragged me onto the ride. The funny thing is, the ride that we went on, the first one, which Paul knows is, is the zigzag. Have you been up there before, Mike? Have you been up there? You're going Thursday. Don't go on this thing. I forget. It's called... I can't, Paul will know what it's called. Mountain or something. Yeah, it's ski... Ice mountain. I mean, it's all right when you go up and then it zigzags. But then on the second one, the carriage starts spinning round. So you then hurtle along to the next bit and then it spins you the other way to go. It's really... Just let me warn you now. If It's very dangerous. It's very, I mean, but, but I've been on it before. But my boss knew exactly which one it was, because he's obviously been up there and taken the kids up there as well. But <laughs> it, was, it was a moment. It was a moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to five. Apparently, they've now worked out yetis. You know, yetis in the Andes are really bears. There's no such thing as the abominable snowman, so let's dispense with that ridiculous charade, shall we? There is no point in that. There's also no point in believing anything on most haunted or whatever they call it. I call it just rubbish. Absolute rubbish. I really do. It's just It just annoys me so much. Uh, 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. It's amazing how many of you have eaten pig's ears, isn't it? Cool. Blimey. Uh, inspired. It says, storm by your joy of Christmas. Ah, it is. It is a joy. It spurred me on to finish all my Christmas shopping yesterday, and I will be putting the tree up with LED lights at the weekend. So thank you for keeping it exciting. I love it. I've tried to explain to me before, you know, somebody yesterday in the office was saying, oh, it's too early for Christmas. And somebody said, stop picking on him. He loves Christmas. I do love it. I mean, I just, I, I'm childlike in my enthusiasm for it. I could I could stand in a in sort of a Christmas shop. I put, I got sent in some decorations, actually, some lights and some tinsel. I put those up in the studio already because I like that kind of thing. You know, it doesn't hurt anybody. It's a nice thing to do and it's, it's spreading goodwill. I'm not too bothered about, you know, the Christmas message because I'm not too sure, you know, which Christmas message I want to believe. But, you know, as long as I have sort of a childlike enthusiasm for it. What's he saying now? What's he, what's he moaning about? What's he moaning about? Used to feed your dog pig. Really? I thought they would. Yeah, they are just to chew. It's supposed to be very good for dogs' teeth. They just chew. When you go to the markets, they'll have a box of pig's ears. Mm. Oh, they smell. They're horrible. But dogs like doing it, don't they? they, they, you, they you do it to get their, their teeth going. But they, uh, yeah, you can, you can play for hours with a pig's ear. What happens to the rest of it? Where's the rest of it go? Oh, we know where the rest of it goes, don't we? Hmm. Bacon's got Danish written all the way through it. <laughs> I do like bacon, actually, but I just don't like the process that, that gets us to a packet of bacon. Pig's ears, very popular. I'm down the country. You ask dog owners anywhere, and they'll tell you. But people eat them as well. People eat them too. Uh, Steve, listening to you in bed with my earphones on. Hubby sleeping, so don't disturb, says Sandy in Peterborough. I've not, I think I might have been to Peterborough. I can't remember. There's so many places I've been to in the country, and I can't, I can't remember everything. Went to Bentall's in Kingston, says Jill. And uh, had a spray of the Creed aftershave. Cheapest bottle, £160. Do you find it lasts well through the day? Yes. Yeah, well, it better do for that price. My one was £250, which is, as I say, but that's my only vice. I don't have a vice. You know, some people go out and you like it. Oh, right. Even the producer like You haven't bought it, have you? Oh, thank God for that. God, I did got quite worried and I, w- I went quite pale when I-, I thought the producer's buying the same aftershave as the producer. Can you smell mine? Can you? Oh, you can- oh right. Really? All oh, right. Oh, you can't smell it through the glass, quite clearly. In the office, you can you really? Is that funny? Because I just... And the lift... Somebody said you can... We'd all smell Steve Allen in the lift. Because I used an, um, um, uh, a shower gel today from Penhaligon's. I can't remember which one it is. I just buy loads of them. And, uh, and that's lovely. It's a really good... So I, I sit on my little stool in the bath... And I've got the shower on and then you get it's easy because if, if you're sort of my age oh my age got given away on an interview yesterday. My age got given away. I was mortified. But I kind of went with it because it was Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull. And he came in yesterday. He was lovely. He was absolutely But you know what he'd done, which is which is something really clever, and only seasoned pros would do it. He checked me out on the internet. So he knew when he came in yesterday that I'd been up for most of the night. He knew how old I was, and he knew about my burns. He knew about all... It's, isn't that amazing that somebody would check you out to make sure? Anyway, we had a lovely interview 
with Ian Anderson. He's touring next year. Four of the dates have sold out already. Four of the dates for Jethro Tull. They're celebrating 50 years, their golden anniversary. And he was, well, he's, he told me, uh, having told me how old I was, <laughs> and I got asked that the other day by somebody else. I've decided to start telling the truth. 51. And, uh, and so anyway, so then he told me how old he was, which was 70. And, um, and, and then we sort of had a long discussion about, you know, what it means being that particular age. And he said, the one thing you do do, which, of course, I do and you probably do as well. You get to a certain age, you don't want to lie around in bed. You get tired. But in the morning when you wake up, once you're awake, up, up and out the bed. And the reason being, you don't want to waste the days. Why would you want to waste a day by staying in bed? When I was a little bit younger and I was working overnights on LBC and I was living in uh, another place, in fact, about two places away from where I uh, live at the moment. And uh, and I would wake up in the morning, I think, oh, I've got nothing to do, go back to bed. And I would doze on and off all day in the bed, which, of course, made me worse. Nowadays, when I wake up, up. So last night, I woke up half past ten. I'd gone to bed early. I sent a message to a friend of mine. I said, uh, I'm too tired, I'm going to bed. And she wrote back and she, she just she just sent me a text saying, you're as mad as hell. <laughs> as I went to bed and I was quite happy so when I woke up I was awake and I had the shower and I used the shower gel and everything else I blow dried my hair that doesn't really take too long and, uh, and I, was, cause I, haven't used, I haven't used a comb or a brush on my hair for years there's no point when you haven't got any before you all write in and tell me and so and so I had a nice start to the day it was really lovely and I walked outside and it was like god it's cold Freezing cold. And then a group of us from here today, about six of us, and I are going out for breakfast, so that's quite nice. Then I've got a breakfast, I've got a lunch, sorry, on Sunday, and I've got a lunch on Friday. So uh, by the time we get to Christmas, I said to my friend Ian, I'm going to be absolutely enormous. Well, more enormous than I am at the, uh, at the moment. I bought a book, Steve. Well, that's very good of you. Well, well done. Well done to you. And, um, and this is um, uh, a book via Amazon. Chemistry about the band Rush. Yesterday I received an email from Sundial Records asking if I wanted signed. I was puzzled and asked if they wanted extra and asked who by. Turns out the author who was at the post office. How bizarre. You, you, there are nice people in the world. You do you do, do that. <laughs> and, uh, and Dominic in Sydney. Now is that... Every time I hear the word Dominic, I always think of that record by the singing nun, which is a very old one called Dominica. And uh, she was a nun, and she had this record. Dominique, nica, nica, on the plate du Saint-Abon, on the plate on the... And it was, it was a, very, a very catchy little tune. Uh, she died in, I think, tragic circumstances, but either way, it was a lovely record. So Dominic in Sydney, who uh, he is, he says, he says, fit and 26. Oh, are you sure you can be fit at 26? I mean, when you say fit, do you mean fit exercise-wise or fit? Yeah. He said, I know what you mean about the show previously. I spent the last two days and nights in bed, ill, and the show and the podcast have got me through. He said, I'm up to date. I just thought I'd let you know. That's good. We get more people downloading or streaming the, the programmes, which is quite good. Especially if you're, if you're a Brit and you're away on holiday, then that's the, uh, that's the thing to do, isn't it? Because you want to find a programme. Listening to a music station wouldn't give you the same buzz as listening to a speech station coming from the centre of London. We are slap bang in Leicester Square. We don't get more central. Nobody else is more central than we are. So that's why... Oh, Christmas card. Oh, I know who this one is from. Recognise writing. I love writing on cards. I look at writing on cards a lot. Let's have a check. This is from uh, this is from, from Valerie. 
Obviously, Valerie, you forgot to put the money in. I've, I've just opened the card. There isn't a £20 note. But, uh, and says, I prayed for you after your accident. <laughs> Listen, you prayed for me. Everybody else around here prayed for me as well. So I'm, I'm very happy with the way that things are going. In fact, I'm actually healing beautifully. But I hope life is good to you in Edgware, in Middlesex, which, as you know, I know very well indeed. Uh, here's one. I love this. For the attention of Mr Steve Allen. Again, no money. Slightly disturbed by this one. This is from uh, from Liz. She's found some Prosecco-themed items from Lakeland. Thank you very much indeed. I also get the Lakeland catalogue, so uh, I, I never miss out on these things. So, another one. so I have to do this. Because otherwise, if you remember last year, we got so bogged down... Wait a minute, I feel glitter. I feel glitter in a card. I can feel... <laughs> have to turn it round. Oh, no, piece of paper. I'm a bit worried then. You know me and glitter. And uh, I get little notes in my cards as well. This is from Scott Hendy. And he says, I've enclosed a Christmas card. Keep up the good work on LBC. Scott is in Fulham. Thank you. And it's a picture of the snowman. One of my favourite uh, shows. That was the one that we're walking in the air. I like that. And, uh, and the person who sent me my tinsel and lights today uh, also sent in a very lovely card. And uh, this is Sylvie in Prestatin. She says, thank you for cheering us up. She said, uh, we needed it after a, a very worrying year health-wise. We're just sorry we missed you in the last 39 and a half years. <laughs> I know, it's terrible, isn't it, really? But um, thank you very much indeed. She said, oh, she mentions Aussie Boy. That's nice, isn't it? She says, uh, hope the enclosed items cheer you up. I thought you could decorate your desk to annoy Aussie Boy. Oh, no, no, no don't, don't worry. We, we do. Oh, it's a glitter card. It's a glitter card. And I'm assuming you want me to sign this and send it back to you, which I shall duly do. Oh, I've got glitter on my fingers now. I curse you from on far. <laughs> Having all these things. But thank you very much indeed for the, uh, the tinsels up. Very generous. Very nice. Always like it. People are very... I don't know why. I really don't know why, whether or not people send me things out of sympathy. But I do get an amazing amount of Christmas cards. I get an amazing amount of, of gifts. One lady, one year, sent me in the most amazing box of, of goodies. Every film that I'd mentioned on the programme, um, everything, all sorts of things that I'd talked about and mentioned, she'd thought about it very carefully and put it all together. It's like Tony Paledri at Little Italy putting together, you know, a meal for me, which has got to contain sprouts. Actually, that was... Oh, no, I can't tell you. I can't tell you the story of sprouts. Oh, I can, actually. Yes, I can. Because they, were, they, they had this thing. Remember, I, I did the thing with First Direct the other day where I had to reset the passwords. And one of them, out of about 15 or 20 questions, so, I mean, you never get through. It was sort of favourite food. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Helena, she said, I said, favourite food, what would that be? She said, oh, come on. I said, what? She went, sprouts. So we put down Sprouts. <laughs> But the other ones were completely obscure. So complicated. So complicated. Anyway, uh, what have we got? Uh, more of your texts and emails in a moment. 84850steve@lbc.co.uk. at We try and read as many out as possible. If we miss you or we sub you down, well, you just have to accept that because I have to do it for timings on the programme. And uh, if you send something in really stupid, you never get to send anything again into any other programme. So, you know, I only warn you now that, you know, upset me. And you've got no friends, you know, and that really, you know, producer is like, yep, that is the way forward, Steve. We've got to do it. I don't touch my face because I've got glitter. I'm going to walk out this morning and all these people can go, he's got glitter on his face. 
Not very butch, is it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Wednesday, the 29th of November. Uh, Steve, I think you're worthy of many awards as CJ, especially the Radio Times Award. Yes, I, I got the Listener Award on that one. My friend Eddie got, got the big one. I can't compete with people like that. It's like I've got another friend who's very important in radio. Very important in radio. I can't compete with things like that. I'm just, I'm just a little local boy, but uh, I still like it. We used to have uh, a great Bentals in Ealing. Much missed, in case you're wondering what I look like. I'm older than you, but very well preserved, says Nigel. People always say that, don't they? Are you, are you, it's like people always say, you know, I'm, I'm young for my age. What does that mean? I don't know. I used to say I'm very tall for my age, which I was. I used to pay my granddad two big two pig trotters from the butchers in the early 80s. Two pence each then. He would boil them and it was like eating pork scratching, says Wayne. Oh, God, it sounds disgusting. Please, please don't get me going on things like that because I just don't... Uh, I don't <laughs> nothing like that at all. I call my customers by names of affection. Sweetheart, babe, darling. And they even call Gorgeous. Morning, Gorgeous. Yeah, we, we had this joke yesterday, Kevin the Milkman. And uh, he says, I must be public enemy number one by now. What did I call somebody the other day? I think I called Caroline, I think Babe, or something like that. And I walked out the front door and I didn't, I didn't see them because they were around the corner. And she called out, I think Babe, all right, Babe. I, I laughed because anybody less than a Babe would be me. Uh, I never hear of you uh, mention uh, going to the dentist, says Maggie. Do you have dentures? Are you mad? Your medication or something. I'm always talking about the dentist. We only talked about it yesterday and the day before. What are you talking about? Where are you? You're listening to the wrong programme, aren't you? You must be, I think. Uh, which creed do you use? Uh, uh, which creed do I... Oh, no. Creed Aventus, I think. I think that's the one I use. Somebody says, um, I'd love to be a fly on the wall at LBC. You'd be very bored... We talk about really mundane things in the office. Well, actually, in the office, when I come in in the morning, we generally talk about gossip. We're generally very... And I'm not the one who starts the gossip. Paul Smith is generally the one who starts the, the gossip. I just sort of sit there taking it all in, and he'll sort of say, Oh, did you hear, Steve? Like, sort of up on the trossacks, they had a light dusting. And I'll go, I didn't, actually. And then he'll say, Oh, and by the way, on this other radio station, they're doing... And I always put my fingers in my ears and la-la, because you know what he's like. He's terrible. As I say, having tried to kill me and not succeeded, he's obviously going to try and get me to Winter Wonderland again, but the producer's going on Thursday, which is lovely. He said I'm, he's, he's going to... Do you know what his big treat is? His big treat at Winter Wonderland is going to be Bailey's Coffee. That's his big treat. He loves Bailey's Coffee. And if they're playing mince pie coffee... Oh, I didn't know they did that. That sounds quite nice. I'll tell you what I've had. I've had Christmas pudding ice cream. Have you had that? Whoa, that's lovely. My friend has got an ice cream shop in Richmond. And he's got a clothing shop and he's got a chocolate shop as well. He's done very, very well. But the ice cream shop is lovely and just Christmas pudding ice cream. Yummy, yummy, yum. I could eat that now. Christmas pudding ice cream, which is delicious. But um, no, so when Paul and I went to... We might go again to Winter Wonderland. We haven't quite decided. But if we do, I shall be going on no... no. What are you doing? I can tell that they're writing something. You're writing something. I can tell what you're doing. You're writing something that's going to appear up on Twitter. I could just tell it's going to be something awful. Not careful, I should take an early break, and that'll screw you up next door. You'll have to quickly whiz to the end of the studio. What are they? They're doing something dreadful. What are you doing in there? You're listening to something. It's not me, is it? No. Is it somebody on another radio station? <laughs> 
I always wave through the door in it. I get something. I can't see who it is. I can never see who it is. I wave through the door and think, what were you listening to? Was it something very funny? Was it? Oh, right. OK. Oh, right. I heard a radio uh, phone in in Australia, I think it is. And it, whatever it was, it was they actually tried to lose this contestant and they couldn't. And he did a funny line and then he came back on again. And they asked him a question, but it was still him. So we go, and I forget what the gag was. I'll have to try and remember it. It's totally unrepeatable, so you won't hear it. But I, I can just sort of point you in the in the right direction. I love it when, when you get things, people shouting down the telephone. You go, it's, a, it's like here. I can always tell. Somebody will come on the line and Darren will say, hello, Marjorie. And there'll be silence. And then Marjorie, ten seconds later, will go, hello, and, you know, because Marjorie's sitting in the middle of Cross McGlen or something, and she's sort of waiting for the one ringy-dingy, two ringy-dingies. I'm running out of money. I'm going to have to... Sorry? Is it Cross McGlen? Is it a place? Of course it's a place. Just outside Glasgow. You can imagine, everybody lives in Cross McGlen. It's like a very exciting place for Scottish up-and-coming people. <laughs> Actually, I, when I was talking to First Direct the other day, I was trying to find out, none of you knew yesterday, whether or not... Um, whether or not the, their call centre for First Direct was in Scotland. Because all I got was Scottish women and one Scottish man. I mean, what's the chances of that? There must be hundreds of people there. It's Cross McGlen. It's, it's a village in Omar. Yeah, well, there you go. I, mean, I love the way you question it. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. I was, Glasgow was close to Northern Ireland. It's like, oh, look, Pocahontas, her grave. Hello? I think not, Steve. I think he goes, I think not. I was right again. He's a, I know, he's gone very huffy recently. Yesterday, oh, he was in a terrible mood yesterday. I don't know why. <laughs> There's no logical reason for it. Pig's ears, rhyming slang for beer, says Steve. Pig's ear beer? No, it's not. You just ask for a beer. Nobody does cockney rhyming slang for pig's ears. Why would you use two words when one will do perfectly well? Uh, so Creed, um, I do, um, I think it's Creed Aventus. I'm pretty certain, pretty certain that one is. And I think it's about 250 quid a bottle. The most ridiculous amount of money. But I have to be honest, people seem to notice it. I've had more people since I put... And I used to use Estee Lauder Intuition for men. Uh, but since I've been using Creed, because my friend Danny uses it, so I'd, I'd smelt it and I thought, wow, that's... You know, it's very rare that, that an aftershave gets me. But this one, it's sort of... It's quite nice. So I spray it all over. It's like you're supposed to spray it into the air and then walk into it like, like a bit of a mist... Sometimes you have to be to put it on. Uh, 84850, Stephen LBC. Listening to you downstairs, I've got the flu. And I do not want to wake my husband. Oh, the coughing. we got it here. Uh, Naomi, who's in light water. We've got the, I mean, the, the coughing is with Adrian Sherling, who puts together all the lovely stuff on the internet for us. And he's got this cough. I said to him yesterday, have you still got this cough? And he went, no. And within one minute, <coughs> he was back coughing away. Which is not, uh, which is not lovely. Don't want to wake my lovely husband with all the coughing. Love your enthusiasm for Christmas. I just wanted to share with you that because I love Christmas so much, I'm setting up my own Christmas decoration business. In a year or two, expect to see all my stuff on the shelves. I've got big plans, says Naomi. Uh, you're right. Work doesn't seem like work when you love what you do. I absolutely agree with you. Absolutely agree. How could this ever be considered work? How could this ever be considered? A job. Well, I understand it's a job, but I mean, you know, if you like doing something and you sit here, it doesn't matter to me what time of the morning it is. I could sit... This, this, this could be coming up to five o'clock in the evening. I'd still get the same programme. I'd still be the same bitter, twisted person 
with a sense of humour that I was, you know, yesterday. Because we will go through the papers. We will talk about Harry and Meghan again. And again, I shall sort of polish my halo off and tell you I knew they were getting married in St George's, Windsor. She'll have to have a sort of a, a, a confirmation thing. And then that's fine. But the Queen's got to give permission because it's her castle. It's the Queen's castle. Nothing to do with any members of the royal family. It's the Queen's castle. And so she decides, and so she said, yes, it will be a low-key affair. And the royal family are paying for it, which is what I predicted. I also predicted the honeymoon would be in Africa, and that's exactly where they're going. They're going to Africa because they love it so much, and that's where they've had two dates already. So why not go back to somewhere that they like? He said as well that he feels uh, most comfortable there, away from everything. And I should imagine that must be uh, quite nice. Uh, working New Year's Eve, says Kevin in Luton. What are your plans? Uh, New Year's Eve? Nothing. Nothing. I haven't been out on a New Year's Eve for ages. I used to work New Year's Eve on the radio. Before that, I used to work in clubs. And then I decided that I needed the rest on New Year's Eve. So now I work New Year's Day. And I think I'll be doing New Year's Day breakfast here on LBC, which is uh, which is going to be nice. And I'm here Christmas Day and I'm here Boxing Day for breakfast. So between 7 and 10... We can keep each other company. So I hope that uh, you'll be joining me from that. And there'll be podcasts and all the usual things and some in conversations and, and uh, lovely. Uh, still to come, tout of order. The ticket website's breaking three laws with some poor child. She was on, I said child, she was about 12. She goes on to this particular website to buy some tickets for somebody I'd never even heard of. And, uh, and they go, OK, so she bought them. When she came to check out the price of these tickets, which she thought, she thought £52 each when they came through, they were £460 for each ticket. Plus, when she bought them, the booking fee was £500. So what they're going to do is they're going to stop these uh, ticket sites reselling. Because you go to a site to buy a ticket for say, whoever it happens to be, and they go, it's sold out. Now, what they've done is it'll be some agency who's bought them all up and then... You know, they then sell them at inflated prices. So a £52 ticket becomes a £400 ticket. But of course, you know, if you're just doing it normally, you won't see that until the very end, just as you go click. So be warned, check them. But the government are going to do something about it. They're going to stop people doing it. In the same way, they're going to make it easy. From next year, you can buy over-the-counter Viagra. At the moment, it's only on prescription. And uh, so, of course, there's all sorts of problems with people selling it on the internet and stuff like that. From next year... Early part of the year, you better buy it over the counter yourself, provided you obviously fit some sort of proviso. But you won't need to go to the Internet to buy it unless you're embarrassed. Send somebody else in to go and buy it for you. Uh, Oxford University College has rejected gender neutral toilets. They say it's offensive to women. Simon Cowell buys this bolt hole. Uh, as predicted, we were right about the royal wedding. I love saying that. Uh, the snappy wag fast becoming a baddie in the jungle like we care anymore. Uh, the UK population could hit 70 million three years early and half of 11 year olds use social media. We were told you've got to be 13. Oh, no, 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 no. They've uh, done that one. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Wednesday. Gosh, it's freezing. It's seriously cold outside this morning. But the weathermen say, don't worry, it's going to get colder. They reckon uh, by the end of this week, we could be down to about... Uh, Minus 10. Minus 10 is uh, pretty chilly. You'll notice this morning it's definitely colder. Thermal knickers today, girls. I think that's what we have to do. And boys, I'd wear an extra thick coat and a scarf and a hat. And uh, if you got them, a pair of gloves. Loads of stories in the papers. Guess what? They're getting married. Uh, they, I know. It's a sort of follow-on from yesterday. They managed to found, uh, find more pictures of Meghan. In fact, they managed to find one of her as a 15-year-old 
uh, pictured outside Buckingham Palace, little realising that a few years later she'd be married, and then she'd get divorced after two years, then she'd go out with somebody else, and then she'd find Prince Harry, and now they're going to get married in St George's Chapel, as we predicted, in Windsor, and it will be a low-key affair. The royal family are going to pay for it, and they will honeymoon in, uh, in Africa. Possibly Botswana, we think, because they've been before. In fact, they've been a couple of times before, and they love it. Uh, Steve, Jeff, uh, says uh, uh, Creed. We always take a little tester bottle of Creed. Stays on for ages, and the ladies love it. They do, actually. It's a very, it's a very popular uh, scent. I think because it's expensive, but it's not the most expensive. I think Warren told me of a, of a, of a fragrance that he uses, which is £600 a bottle. That's not a nice word, is it, Michael? Don't use that word around here. Goodness sake, you can't spell it anyway. But you're right, it's a... Oh, blimey, that is a lot, a lot of money, actually. £600. So I actually think sort of 250 quid, And it, it does last, but it's not... Um, it's, it, it's not... Uh, it's not the cheapest that we've seen, actually, out there. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. would take uh, all your texts and emails and try and put them in. A uh, lovely thing here says uh, Steve's producer. Dear Steve's producer. That's nice, isn't it? Dear Steve's producer. We're now bypassing the talent. Having learnt how squeamish Steve is on mo- most matters, pork. <laughs> no, it's not pork. It's, it's any part of an animal that looks like a part of an animal. So you won't find me eating cow's cheeks or something like that. Thank you very much indeed. Or any of the stuff that they eat out in the Australian jungle. Uh, I don't want to eat any witchetty grubs or anything, uh, nothing like that. I'm seriously, nothing on earth would get me to ever do anything like that. That's why people say to me, oh, if they offered you money, you take it. How little you know me. I wouldn't go within a mile of the place. I wouldn't go within a mile of the place. Also, I'm not a celebrity, so it would be a pointless exercise. I'm as much not a celebrity as Rebecca Vardy isn't a celebrity either. And in fact, and so many other people are there. Boris's father is not a celebrity. He's his father. It's a real thin, thin group. Rebecca Vardy is sort of trying to make something of herself. She's dropped enough hints in previous interviews about, oh, yeah, I'd like to go on Loose Women and all the rest of it. And I'm thinking, why don't you just go home and look after your children, dear? You know, stop start messing around. You know, this sort of, this ridiculous thing that you've got about, I want to be a celebrity. But uh, it could be possible you're my big brother. Because I'm a bit childlike about uh, Christmas and all these bar humbugs. Why put happy not on hold, says Angie? I agree. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt anybody, does it, to have a little bit of fun about Christmas? Oh, sorry, I didn't finish Tony's tech. Dear Steve's producer, uh, Steve is screaming. You may want to pass it. When I come in southern Italy, an even greater delicacy than pig's is, I'll wait for it, pig's brain. I've never partaken, but apparently they're creamy and taste of pork. Now, there's a surprise. Ugh, disgusting. Disgusting. You see, I wouldn't have anything like that. I, I just really wouldn't. Steve, to get me in the mood for Christmas, I had a mini Christmas pudding. Well, that's outrageous because you're not supposed to be eating Christmas pudding. You can only eat Christmas pudding on Christmas Day. It is, you know, turkey you can eat all year round because it's available. You know, gobble, gobble here and a gobble, gobble there. Here a gobble, there a gobble, everywhere a gobble. Old MacDonald has some turkey. E-I-E-I-O. But you mustn't eat Christmas pudding. And also, you know, fresh cream you can have over fruit salad and something like that. That's always a better thing to have on Christmas Day, isn't it? Fruit salad. Because it's light. And I always, I like a fresh fruit salad, but the trouble is, it's all, it's all done for you. The supermarkets make everything. There is nothing. You could literally go out and buy, well, we do, we go and buy Christmas. And uh, go and buy the vegetables, buy the um, neck, what do they call it, turkey crown. Who wants a whole turkey? Unless you're feeding an enormous family. We're only doing, I think, 13 on one day and nine on the other. <coughs> so it's not, not, there's no point in having a huge turkey. 
sitting there because you're just never going to get round to the blooming thing. But no, I'm sorry, mini Christmas puddings, it's verboten. It's absolutely, you're not supposed to eat that sort of stuff. You're really not. Not, not before Christmas. Uh, Tony says, do you think that uh, Meghan's ex will cash in on her getting married? Oh, I should imagine so. Yeah, of course. Of course. Let's face it, she hasn't got any money. She doesn't go into the marriage with any money. He's already got the money left to him by his mother. And uh, and then I think, here here is the prediction. I think they will go low-key within the royal family. I think very low-key. You know, the fact that he's 30, what is he, 33 or something like that. He's sort of, he's, he's finally found somebody he wants to settle down with. They'll settle down. I think they will eventually go and do their charitable stuff over in Africa and they'll, they'll stay there. And he'll pop back occasionally. I think he'll be a minor member of the royal family and he will play a different role. Because judging by the way he was with that interview, I was absolutely right. All the experts did exactly the same thing. She's quite clearly wearing the trousers. She's quite clearly so confident. You know, somebody said to me in the office, oh, perhaps it's an act because she's an actress. I said, no, no, no. She's like that. She's learnt how to, you know, they don't come from any rich family or anything like that. They're not titled. There's no sort of blue blood in their family. It's a, it's a lot of odd people and some OK people. But you have to sort of watch all these things. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Nine minutes past five. I thought I would tell you nine minutes past five, just in case you're sort of waking up and worrying about these sort of things. Uh, somebody sent me, I get loads of things actually, uh, in the morning, wait a minute, I've, I've got so many of them, I don't know where I begin actually, oh, a gingerbread house ready for Christmas, I saw a gingerbread house in Costco, when did I see it, it must have been the other week, and I thought, oh, that looks quite nice, I quite fancy a gingerbread house, Phil Vickery has sent me a photo as well, and this, uh, I saw this the other day, he said, I'm not sure how, how to cook them. And it's boneless pork rectums. Have you ever heard of the producers? Oh, they're there. I know. There's a, there's a box with it written on the side of it. Where it comes from? Well, obviously a pig. Thank you very much indeed. But which country? Oh, it's America. Boneless pork rectums inverted. Well, that that's too horrendous. I think it's a case of not eating at all, Phil. I think it's a case. The stuff that people eat nowadays. I'm, I'm quite dull by uh, by comparison. I just, I'm not too sure about things like that. But the gingerbread house is lovely. He says, ready for the Christmas bazaar this Saturday. None of my own work. It's all down to the chief of staff. Very nice. Aren't gingerbread houses nice? I quite like, I've never had, I know that one of the coffee houses do a gingerbread latte. Because I've never had it though. I fancy something sort of thick and creamy. I think. Uh, <coughs> I don't know what that would be. I suppose hot chocolate. With, with cream on it, but uh, good use here of, is it is it chocolate buttons and Smarties? Very nice. Chief of Staff did well there, sir. Did very well indeed. Very well indeed. Right, so you've got the Christmas Bazaar. This, this, how lovely. Actually, I, I saw somebody, they were looking at television programmes the other day, and they were looking at programmes which had changed the face of television and people who had changed the world of celebrity, and Posh and Bex were in there because they were sort of, you know, I think more him... And then she sort of crept in, you know, on, on the action. And they had the big breakfast on there, which sort of was groundbreaking. People would watch it. The interesting thing about that was it appealed to younger people and people would watch it before they went to school. And so it then achieved cult following. And, of course, it had all sorts of uh, people on it. I can remember all sorts of people who used to sort of do bits on the programme. A friend of mine, Nick Lazarus, used to do the celebrity booking for the big breakfast. And, uh, and I used to think that was quite a cool thing to do. 
I always think things are cool, actually. I watch things on the television. And then, actually, I'm sure that that, for, for I think the presenter was Chris Evans, he he went on from there. And I think that then we then got TFI Friday. And, again, it was all innovative live television. And people people liked that. It gives an edge to it. But he was, at one point, I think he was out, he said on this on this little interview, with Right Said Fred. He said, but I got, I think he said I got paid £1,000 for it. I can't remember what it was for, but I remember thinking, £1,000. And then... There was another bit on the same programme which was talking about when I think, uh, yeah, I think it was Chris Evans, he sort of left uh, left a station and uh, because he, he turned up late. I think he'd had a bit, of a bit of a night on the tiles. But anyway, they said he had to forfeit his show fee. Thank God he doesn't listen to this programme. Anyway, the, uh, it was, the show fee was something like seven grand, £7,000. They had another presenter on there going, I was only getting £100 a show. I thought, yeah, but you weren't pulling the figures in, were you? And that was how it worked. That's how it works nowadays. People think, you know, that radio is sort of, it's a poor relation to television. I absolutely do not think that. I think, if anything, television is equal, if not better, than television. Television's very unforgiving. You can spot bad presenters on television, whereas sometimes on radio you can get away with things. I like, I used to listen to voices on radio years and years ago. And I'd be thinking, oh, I like that voice. Uh, Jack DeManio's voice. I used to love on the radio way before a lot of people's times. And people used to do overnight radio. And I used to try and imagine what people looked like. And then when I started doing it, people used to write in going, I've just seen a picture of you. You don't look at all as I thought you were going to look. I thought you'd have black hair and I thought you'd be thinner or this and that or whatever. And it's obviously people go on people's voices. And the longer you listen to somebody, the more you think, I wonder what you look like. But, of course, now with the, with the media out there and with the Internet, you can click on. You can go to, you know, Google, type in Steve Allen LBC, and you get pictures of Steve Allen LBC, either turning on lights or doing something. The one thing we were trying to do, Adrian and I, we can't find them. We think they've got lost in the system. A few years ago, quite a few years ago, uh, both Adrian and I went up to Angels, and they had sorted out, bless their hearts, loads of Christmas costumes. And we took 24 pictures uh, which went on to the LBC uh, internet page of Steve Allen dressed up as a Christmas pudding, a parcel, um, um, a Father Christmas. I think we did about three different Father Christmas. And they were really good pictures. I mean, they were really good pictures. I spent all my time, you know, taking the clothes off, standing there in my pants, putting the next thing on, and it all worked for it. But we can't find them now. They've got lost somewhere, and I wondered if anybody ever downloaded them. I was only thinking the person who would probably do that would be Dawn. But we, we can't find them anywhere. We've hunted high and low. So if anybody's got um, a copy of those uh, photographs, which we had of Steve Allen dressing up for Christmas, then uh, we would appreciate them. Uh, Steve, uh, somebody says Rebecca Vardy and uh, JC are so intelligent they should be joining Nick Ferrari on the pledge. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Kevin and Luton says New Year resolution. No. No, I don't do New Year resolutions. I did think about one um, earlier. Earlier, I thought about I thought about a New Year resolution, and then I sort of thought, no, because I'm never going to keep a New Year resolution. I'm only ever going to sort of break it. Years ago, people did. You know, I'm going to cut down on drinking. I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to be a nicer person. I'm going to save more. I'm going to look after my health. It was the same standard things, and you know, after about the first couple of weeks. You, uh, you you kind of ignore them, don't you? You sort of go, oh, I don't think I'll bother anymore, actually. Well, I mean, unless you were stopping smoking, and that's something. I still see people smoking now. I, I saw somebody yesterday, a friend of mine, and I said to her, I didn't know you smoked. And she went, I do occasionally. 
And I thought, oh, I wish I could have done it occasionally, but it ne- never quite worked, actually. Never quite worked for me. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Freezing Cold Wednesday down here. Mind you, it's probably freezing cold where you are. And if you're up north of the borders, oh, cold, slippy, slippy roads. Uh, please wish me, wish me well uh, as I'm on a ward awaiting an op on my broken leg, says Sean the chauffeur. Ooh. Actually, broken legs are OK, aren't they now? Because all they do is they just put you in this plaster of Paris stuff. I mean, if you'd seen the pictures of me and... Well, you probably did, actually, because I think I tweeted the pictures of me and my bandages after the burnings. And uh, and that was <laughs> that was something. I remember lying there thinking... All I kept watching was the uh, the phone. Oh, somebody sent them in. Yes. Has Julie sent them in? Oh, right. Have you got all of them, Julie? Oh, look at me. I was cute. Uh, <laughs> do you like... <laughs> I hadn't seen these for ages, but I remember thinking at the time... They're really, really good. Actually, could you send those on to Adrian Sherling? Just carry on going through them so I can have a look at, at all the different ones. Is that all we've got? Or do we have 24, do we think? That was... How many have we got? How many? Four. Oh, we need we need more more pictures. You can send those on to Adrian, though. He'll be thrilled. Thank you, Julie. I'm very grateful. <laughs> I think I make a very good dame. I don't care what anybody says. I think they look really good, those pictures. <laughs> We look back at them and we were sort of thinking, ah, that was lovely. So if if you've got any of them, of Steve Allen dressed up as various characters, the Father Christmas ones, and all oh, those beards itch. All oh, those beards itch, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, uh, it'll be going on all over the place. Uh, it's funny how we imagine how somebody looks on the radio, Steve. This is how I imagine you, sat in a massive burgundy leather chair, lights dimmed, dressed in a red velvet dressing gown with a magazine rack at the side with all your newspapers. No, really, I do. Well, I mean, you're right apart from the red velvet dressing gown. You're right about that. I always think people, if, if you take a picture of everybody's studios, you're always terribly disappointed. I mean, to me, I don't understand studios, but I understand that some of the studios that we've got, the big LBC one downstairs, is high tech. You know, it's things move and light and cameras and it's, it's all singing or dancing. It's lovely. The one I work in is a little small studio because I'm happier working in a small studio because I'm, I'm not taking phone calls. I'm just chatting away. So it works better for me. I don't know why, actually. Uh, so, Sean the chauffeur, we wish you best with your uh, with your leg. Uh, and and then somebody says, uh, I, I agree with you about uh, about uh, radio, because you could be presenting radio shows naked. Oh, I couldn't. The producer would never allow it. Never allow it in a million years. But of course, uh, you can't really do it on television, as Keith Chegwin will uh, will point out. <laughs> yes, Keith Chegwin did a did a naked a naked game show on the television where. We've been told about it, but we weren't really expecting Keith Chaikin to actually come out from behind the set stark naked. I mean, really, stark naked? Well, obviously, there's no other word, is it, than stark naked. And he came out, and then and apparently all the cameramen were naked as well. They managed to persuade everybody to take all their clothes off for it. <laughs> Dear me. Marion says, which creed? Just Google, there's different fragrances. I've just told you, Aventus. Aventus is uh, the one there's loads of them all different all different types you know which uh, which people seem to uh, to like other stories in the papers for today apart from uh, pictures of Meghan Markle taken from a long long time ago uh, the Corrie star I sexually assaulted two women and uh, he was boozed up he said also he he played a gay guy on uh, on the television and that apparently sort of had something to do with it uh, either way it's not really an excuse uh, yummy mummy Cheryl Tweed what 
uh, will be lonely this Christmas. She's going to spend most of the festive season without Leanne Payne. Oh, have you got any family either? Actually, not really, have you, with your family, I suppose. Anyway, the uh, Liam is working away. He'll be on the promotional trail for his upcoming solo album. What, he doesn't get Christmas off then? That's a bit stupid, isn't it? Why has he not organised that one? What, so he's got to go around promoting it on radio stations as opposed to spending Christmas? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, what else we have? Oh, yeah, nice and freezy. Take it easy. Down to minus 10 degrees, the Arctic blast for a month. So, in other words, there will be open places, Derbyshire, Derbyshire, places like that, uh, which are going to get the full blast of icy winds, which could bring with it frost, and in certain places, snow. And you know what happens when you get snow and a bit of frost? You get skid patches on the road. And that's where cars who are not used to driving, and there will be loads of people who are not used to driving in winter conditions, they'll be having accidents all over the place. I've seen it before. I've been down the motorway. I've had cars hurtling past me at ridiculous speeds. And you think to yourself, you're going to hit a piece of black ice and you're going to kill your family. That's what you're going to do. You're going to kill your family. I always always wish that you could sort of wave a magic button or wave a wand or wave a hand or do something to make people slow down on motorways because the speed cars go past me. And I'm a fast car. You know, if if I choose to, I can put my foot down and, and cruise at 90 or 100 very easily. I wouldn't even think about it in this country, apart from the fact the speed limit is 70 and I adhere to the speed limit. Always, always adhere to the speed limit. I just wouldn't want to risk it because once you've had that... Uh, that accident, you're going to know about it. And if you've got... I see people driving past with kids in the cars. All the windows are all misted up and you think, these are icy conditions. I mean, are these people who are very very stupid? Seriously stupid or just dumb? And the answer is probably all of the above. Front page of The Sun this morning, Cory Groper's lame excuse. He blames having to play gay character. TV's Todd guilty of sex assaults. And uh, as I say, he's he's going to be seen in the show, I believe, until Christmas and uh, then they've uh, they've severed contacts. Megan uh, says, I'll be a UK citizen. They will tie the knot at Winder. She'll be baptised for the big day. Here comes the Brit, they've said. They've got loads of stories about her in the papers. They say uh, the uh, most exciting, as far as I'm concerned, with the fact I'm going to sneeze, that they are getting married at... <coughs> Excuse me. Windsor. <laughs> I was worrying in case I'm going to get a cold. I don't want one. Uh, she's also called it quits on showbiz. Uh, she's not interested in any further acting or other paid work. Well, why would she? Why would she be? He's worth about $40 million, incidentally. He was coming back from the gym the other day in sort of tracky bottoms that don't fit and no gym bag. Who goes to the gym with no gym bag? And also, doesn't he have any gym equipment at home? You'd have thought that'd be, you know, not exactly hard working, is it? I mean, to be a member of the royal family, but they will foot the bill. Uh, she's got an engagement this Friday. So the paparazzi will be out for that one. That'll be interesting, won't it? Uh, I'll tell you what it is a little bit later on. And uh, and then people are already saying, uh, you know, what what about children? And she let me breathe air. Incidentally, she's had to leave one of her two dogs in Canada because he's too old to start a new life in Britain. So she's bought Beagle Guy uh, as she prepares to marry Prince Harry. But she's forced to leave a Labrador Shepherd Cross called Bogart in Canada. But there you go. Uh, plus... She's going to go for being a British citizen, which means she has to answer questions. You know, what was the last battle between England and France, for example? I'll give you the choices. Battle of Trafalgar, Battle of Waterloo, Battle of Hastings, Battle of Agincourt. You know, and then based on the... You're supposed to know the answers to these questions. 
Uh, which flower is associated with Wales? Is it the shamrock, the thistle, the rose or the daffodil? She would have to know the answers to these things. Uh, Scotland has its own banknotes, which are valid everywhere in the UK. True or false? These are genuine questions. What type of literature are the Canterbury Tales? Are they poems? Are they novels? Are they jokes or are they fables? When is Christmas Day? You have to know when Christmas... I mean, who would not know when Christmas Day was? Uh, what type of characters... <coughs> we found some more pictures. Are these more just come in? Fantastic. Just one. What are you doing? Eking them out over the whole programme. So we've got four, now we've got an extra one, five. If anybody's got the pictures, do do let me have... I'm going to get inundated, I'm sure, which is quite good. Adrian's going to have a fright, isn't he, with these pictures coming in. But we were thinking... They're really good pictures. I look so cute. And uh, I thought I, I looked quite thin, actually. <laughs> Who developed the radar? You're supposed to know this to be a British citizen. Uh, where is the official home of the Prime Minister? And who supported King Charles I during the Civil War? Was it the Suffragettes, the Quakers, the Cavaliers or the Roundheads? The Quakers? Are you mad? You're not, but thank goodness we don't want you in, matey. He's already got dual passport, incidentally, so it doesn't really matter. It doesn't make any difference to him at all. The Quakers. <laughs> a top BBC... Oh, my God, do the news. I've got the story in a minute of a journo jive at News Free BBC. This should be interesting, shouldn't it? Can't wait to read it. Somebody who sort of goes against the grain and goes, I don't like what you're doing with the news. Generally the public that, uh, that complain about it, but this time it's a journalist who works for the BBC. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Unfortunately, uh, Richard is leaving the country. He says, when is the next ship out of uh, the UK? I only got one of those questions right. Oh dear. Slightly disturbing, isn't it, really? When that, that was the, uh, the Meghan Markle interview questions, if she's going to be British. A top BBC news correspondent has slammed bosses for wall-to-wall coverage of the royal engagement. Uh, Razia Iqbal says the story has been shoved down people's throats and had made the Beeb a news-free zone. She wrote on Facebook that her World Service NewsHour show would be a Meghan-Harry-free zone. The BBC says the World Service has reported extensively on the engagements. EastEnders slipped in a quickly filmed scene on Monday of Katie, of Cathy celebrating. But, uh, a top BBC News correspondent, Razia, I'm sorry I've never heard of you. And you're a top BBC correspondent, are you? Well, it's more wonder you're only on the, uh, the BBC overseas thing. That's World Service. I mean, I'm sure it's huge abroad, but I've never heard of you. Why do they call somebody top? You don't need to be that. And also moaning about it, you know, moaning Marys, honestly. Uh, also, Mel, this is uh, Scary Spice, has settled her divorce. Six and a half million with a guarantee that their sex tapes will be destroyed. Business associates say Mel will pay the film producer around three million over three years, plus three and a half million from the sale of their home. So she lost that one big time. That was a bit of an expensive mistake. Won't be doing that one again. Uh, plus loads of uh, immigrants working in this country. They say thousands of them and the government can't catch them because they're working in shops, they're working in restaurants, they're working in fast food, takeaway places. They're all over the place. You could, you could do a television programme every hour on the television where they go round the customs people and they find people. And they're mainly working in restaurants. And of course, if you get caught with somebody who's illegal, then it's I think it's a £50,000 fine. Whatever it is, it's an awful lot. They had a woman who sort of she was lying through her teeth. She had a Chinese takeaway. And they found this person working there in the kitchen. And she said, no, he's just just helping out. No, he was cooking. He was cooking. So people tell lies, don't they? But anyway, she got uh, she got fined. And also, they then wanted to deport him. What did he do? He disappeared into the system again. 
you know, there's too many crooks out there, as they say. Uh, there's a salesman here on a test drive, and he takes out an Aston Martin, and he writes it off. It's worth £140,000. And um, uh, he, he only went on a test drive. Property developer Ben Simpson wanted a new car after a relative bought uh, a DB9 days earlier, but the dealership salesman crashed the V12 Vantage into a fence and later sent a joke apology, saying, when we next go for a spin, you're driving. Ben from Reading said the car was written off. The dealership spokesman said the driver was not to blame. Well, who wants to blame, then? If it crashes and there's a driver, who do you think's to blame? Father Christmas? No. Ridiculous, isn't it? Steve, the royal family will pay for the wedding of Harry and Meghan. Why shouldn't they? But really, we, the taxpayer, will pay as we pay their wages. No, you don't. God, you do, I mean, come on, Freddie, grow up, for God's sake. The Queen generates far more income than we give her. Far more income. She gives back to us. Doesn't cost you anything at all. They generate their own income. So you don't pay their wages. And if you're one of those dinosaurs who seriously thinks you do, you need to go back to your school and get them to sort of map it all out for you. She gives back more. She doesn't, she doesn't take money from us. And also, why should they have to pay it? It's going to generate interest tourism. You go down Buckingham Palace. I drive past it most days of the week. The tourists down there, you know, are there. All the royal places, all the royal palaces, Hampton Court, Tower of London, you know, all these different places, they're packed with tourists every day. The family generate, you know, the the very act of them being there. I mean, you don't think you're going to see the royal family, but they do generate, believe you me. So, uh, so that's the way it works. But, uh, but no, they'll be paying for it. But the policing will be paid for by us because that's what we do. Uh, Steve, re Meg's British citizenship questions. We once spent Christmas Day in New York City and were walking through Central Park dressed as we are every Christmas Day in our kilts. A number of Americans who took photos of them then asked, gee, is today a special day in Scotland? Actually, it's one of the rare places. You do go to Scotland and you will find people wearing kilts. Paul Smith's got a kilt. He's never dared wear it into here, but he might do if he's working over the festive season, which I think actually he's not. I think he's only working a few different days. He's now shouting into the radio in the car. I could just tell him, he's saying, I am. I told you the other day, Steve, I'm working over Christmas. And uh, so that's why. But, but people do wear them. But we were talking to someone the other day who went to Austria. And over there, you do see people wearing Austrian national costume, walking around. Burgenlanders, they come from, uh, from Burgenland. And uh, they will be seen walking about. It, it's almost like, you know, a scene from The Sound of Music. They will be wearing lederhosen. The women will be wearing dirndls. And you do get that in all the uh, in the beer gardens and the cafes and everything else. People wearing... Oh, he's working Hogmanay into New Year's Day. So I don't think he'll be wearing... That's what Paul, Paul Smith is doing. I don't think he'll, he'll be wearing his kilt. He's got it at home, actually. I've never thought about it. I wonder if he's got a tartan. Do you think there is a Smith tartan or something? Because you you've got to have your own tartan made up. And then you've got your sporran for keeping your mobile phone in, I think. And um, at least I assume that's what it's for. Or keeping a bit of spare change, packet of fags, lighter, that sort of thing. I don't know. I don't know what people keep in sporans. But when you see somebody dressed, you know, when they do a proper Highland wedding, it's quite laborious. There's loads of layers and things going on. And apparently, apparently, go no further. They don't wear pants. I don't know why. They just don't. They don't wear pants under the kilt. There must be some reason for it, but I wish I could wish I could think what it was. Jane Moore, writing in her column today, is talking about uh, Tamara Eccleston, named as one of the new millionaire millennials. Anyway, her. Uh, aged under 35. For all those in blissful ignorance, Tamara is the daughter of Formula One billionaire Bernie Eccleston, who, despite seemingly never having worked a day in her life, 
lives in a £70 million mansion, along with husband Uwai, Jay, uh, their toddler Sophia, and a retinue of around 50 staff, which, as I point out every single day on the programme, is hilarious because they run Downton Abbey with 14. That's Highclere Castle in real life. And so what 50 staff, they must sit round smoking, I should imagine. Sounds absolutely ridiculous. But uh, she's also got two PAs, a couple of butlers, a chef, a dog walker. I mean, it just sounds ridiculous. They don't even throw dinner parties, do they? And if they do, there's a rather naff selection of people who go. And if that isn't enough to make your eyes roll back in the sockets, let it be known that three-year-old Sophia has her very own stylist to itemise her teeny-weeny clothes. In a world, writes Jane Moore, where so many have so little... It's an inevitable fact of life that some people have got considerably more than others. But quite why you'd want to display it so publicly is beyond comprehension. I agree. I said that before. Why would you want to be a silly little show-off and emphasise the fact that you're as thick as a brick? Why would you do that? You know, surely, could you not be seen, you know, sort of saying, well, I've got my own charity, which we've set up, and we give lots of money to the poor and homeless, and we've given up our Christmas this year. I mean, would that not be better? No. Oh, we've got another picture come in. Is that your favourite? Me as a Christmas tree. A sad Christmas tree. <laughs> they're lovely pictures, actually. I think they're bring- they are filtering through, aren't they? One by one by one by one. Looks like quite like Julie, you're doing very well here. You get- you're getting Mike's vote this morning, which is lovely. Uh, would the royals have had Meghan Marvel as queen? Who knows? Who knows? A lot of, a lot of people on the left-hand side of the country are not in favour of her. I don't know why. Seems all right. As I say, nobody knows who she is, really. She's in suits, but, I mean, unless you'd ever heard of the programme or watched it, you wouldn't have the faintest idea. Uh, viewers fed up with Nigella's eggy bread. And uh, she's been panned by viewers for demonstrating a string of basic meals. But that's what people want. Don't you remember Delia Smith told you how to boil an egg because people are a bit dim in this, uh, in this country? Apparently you keep your whiskey in your sporran. You keep your whiskey... Actually, there was um, there was a song years ago. Was it Lonnie Donegan who did a song about Campbellton Lock? And the song went, Oh, Campbellton Lock, I wish you a whiskey. Campbellton Lock and hey. Oh, Campbellton Lock, I wish you a whiskey. I would drink you dry. Inferring that a lot of Scots people drink whiskey. I've never liked whiskey, actually. Never appealed to me. Anyway, the final straw for Nigella Lawson came when the latest uh, edition of Nigella at My Table featured French toast and cheesecake. Colin Baker tweeted... Eggy bread this week. Tomatoes on toast last week. Do you want to buy my book? I'll do a glass of water. Ooh, we're a little merry, aren't we? Goodness sake. Moan, moan, blooming moan. Well, don't watch the programme. God in heaven, what have we come to when you get people actually writing about that? Ricardo blasted French toast. Stick some bread in a few eggs and fry it. Stop with your pretentious nonsense. And Harry Palmer joked, I reckon we're only one series away from Nigella showing us how to make a pot noodle. Oh, but it's that poor, poor Colin Baker. Eggy bread this week, tomatoes on toast next week. Do you want to buy my book? I'll do a glass of water. God, we're a bunch of old moaning miseries, aren't we? About <laughs> something. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. You know, she doesn't care. Who cares? But we did have Delia telling you how to boil an egg and, and make it all right. And we do have people telling you how to make a proper cup of tea. We do have people telling you how to do scrambled egg and omelettes and stuff like that. So if you think you're cleverer than that, well, then fine. Actually, I think you need to go back and, and have a chat um, to Phil Vickery. See if we can sort out pig's rectums. That sounds like something for our sex programme, doesn't it? <laughs> the very idea that they sent boxes over and you've got to cook them. As I say, it's, it's, it's cow's cheeks I can't do. I'm not... I'm, oh, dear, it sounds horrid, doesn't it? Certain things I don't want to eat... 
Also, I don't do prawns, big prawns. I do little shrimpy kind of thing. They're all right, because you can do those with a Mary Rose sauce. But uh, the big prawns with it, oh, no, thank you very much indeed. No, 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 no. 84850, uh, Steve Steve, uh, our dogs loves pig's ears. Oh, oh, no. We, we talked about this earlier on, actually. Uh, Steve, are the Church of England now marrying divorcees, says Jean? They they changed uh, back in 2002, I believe. I think it was 2012. It said it got a two in it somewhere. And, uh, yeah, you do all sorts of things now. And also, it's her chapel. It's her, her chapel. They can do all sorts of things in her chapel. I mean, you, you, you can't... I think... I don't know, can you go in there for a service? I'm not sure, actually. But uh, the royal family go. Hampton Court, you can go. They have a chapel there at Hampton Court. And they've got an upstairs where... where seriously, you know, titled people can go and sit and watch the service. Unless you turn around, you can't see them. But you're not supposed to do that, are you? The best best time to ever see the royal family was at the Festival of Remembrance because they're all in the same box. And uh, we used to get the box in there. Seats a load of people. We were just two people in there. And uh, and you'd look at the royal family, you get the royal family. You know, when you see them, because you've seen their images and you've seen, you know, bits of, uh, bits of sort of, you know, newspapers and stories and stuff like that. Uh, Steve, in conversation you called Stephen Fry National Treasure. When will GC become one? What, the Gemma Collins? It's like, you know, because I'm like, you know, she's she's really looking forward to coming to see you, because, you know, I'm like, Gemma, you know. Refers to herself in third party, because she looks like she's a third-rate party, doesn't she, really? Anyway, she's doing a gig in Brighton. Looks like it's a gay bar. And uh, so she'll be coming on stage. You all love me, don't you? No, they don't, dear. They just think you're a fat bird wearing clothes that are wholly inappropriate. But uh, she'll get paid a few thousand quid. And, uh, and that's it. I just don't see the appeal. Why would gay men be remotely interested in Gemma Collins? Although she does have a gay best friend, doesn't she? But he can't find anybody to go out with. He's had to go on a dating programme to try and find somebody. She's had to go on a dating programme. What is this telling you? Naff people don't get dates. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome along to Wednesday, the 29th of freezing to death, uh, 2017. And it's going to get worse, as the papers tell us. We're going to have slippery road. Not in town. I don't think we ever get slippery roads in town. I think I remember one year where the snow really was bad. And, you know, you worry about falling over and being almost accident prone on an hourly basis. I mean, I can fall over anything. The only thing I'm terrified of doing is falling out of the bath. So I'm always hanging on to something. As I climb out of the bath, it's a lot safer that way because more accidents occur in bathrooms than anywhere else, or in my case, kitchens. Kitchens and bathrooms, that'll be the next thing. Uh, what have we got for Christmas? Uh, do you think Sarah Harding will be releasing a record? Please God, no. Do you think Louise Redknapp will be attempting to release a record? Please God, no. <laughs> All these things. I like the idea of the, uh, the little pick-me-up. Over the counter, Viagra. That'll stop all the people selling it on the internet, all the rubbish that people are buying, because they're buying it. Most of it's fake, and people are sending off a five or a tablet. You'll better buy this over the counter. I don't know what the stipulation will be. I mean, I don't suppose it makes any difference. But, uh, you know, should you choose to buy it? They've done it specifically to stop the, uh, the rogue uh, market in it. There's also the terrible, uh, tragic death of a schoolboy who was killed by a football and this is something which I wasn't aware of. Uh, his name was Keelan McKnight. Uh, he was 15. He was hit in a tiny fraction of a second when his heart was vulnerable as part of its normal cycle. It caused a concussion of the heart, which is a rare medical phenomenon, upsetting its rhythm. But um, he, was, he was fit and healthy. He collapsed, airlifted to hospital, but died the following day. 
I mean, you, you wouldn't even think about something like that, would you? N- never would have, never would have sort of crossed my uh, my mind uh, that uh, his heart could have been stopped by a football because somebody kicked it. Just, first of all, we've had programmes on the television um, where they've been talking about heading footballs and then they've sort of tried to stop people. But, I mean, people do head football. I didn't head footballs, I hasten to add. But that sort of worries me that, you know, people can do themselves serious damage doing sport. We've, we've talked before about uh, boxers. You know, most, most boxers, A, don't make very much money and B, end up having all sorts of uh, brain damage. Uh, Dave in Bexley Heath is 52 today. He's a bit like Benjamin Button. He claims he's getting younger, says Jackie, Millie and Jaden. Oh, no, that's a total fantasy, isn't it? People always say that. They go, I think I'm getting younger. Whereas I always go, I'm definitely getting older. Definitely get I'm Mentally, younger. But physically, older. Uh, men look splendid in, in kilts, Steve. I think you should treat yourself in your sport. You could put a, a wee half bottle of Prosecco, says Kim. I'd, listen, believe you me, a kilt would not be my kind of thing. I've seen people being, you know, measured for all the old outfits. And I think the outfits look beautiful. When you see, there was a, a farmer... A short while ago, it was one of these farming programmes on the television which was looking at young farmers. Anyway, he decided to get married to his girlfriend who was long-suffering and they had to sleep with sheep through all the cold winters and everything else. And, uh, and he decided to go for, for the full wedding, the full wedding regalia of the kilt and uh, the sporran and the jacket. And it looked amazing. It really did. And everybody turned up in their kilts and I thought, that really looks good. That's where you sort of you know you belong, doesn't it, to a tribe. You know, Scotland, Ireland. everybody's got different things to wear, but Scotland, they've got that kilt. Ireland have got the kilt as well. Uh, Wales have always got, you know, the singing. Everybody sings in Wales. I'm convinced nobody can't sing in Wales. Perhaps they should just move the X Factor to Wales. And every person who comes on, we go, you're brilliant. You're going to be a singer. You're going to be an entertainer. Because that's, that's what it is, isn't it? Whereas if you're British, you know, born in Bromley, it's not the most exciting thing, is it, really? I can hardly sort of go, oh, yeah, we've got national costume for Bromley. Because we haven't. Well, a council house might be close to it, but we don't. there is no national dress for Bromley. There's nothing for the Brits, is there? Apart from, you know, a suit, rolled-up umbrella, Financial Times and a bowler hat. But, I mean, you look a bit silly of that going down the local kebab shop, don't you? Uh, Steve, you should definitely put yourself up for it. Pork ears for dogs. I love pork ears and tails. Kind of traditional food, says Carlos. Oh, dear. And Jackie says, why don't you get a bath with handles? I've got a bath with handles. As I say, I always hang on to the uh, to the things I'm getting out. Absolutely, I'm always terrified, just in case it all goes uh, all goes a bit pear shaped. So I'm I'm always being very careful and very mindful of the fact that you know you've got to concentrate. When you get a bit older, you have to think about things. It's like going downstairs. You know, years ago I'd have jumped downstairs. You know, and if I fell, I wouldn't do myself any damage. Now I know if I jump downstairs, I'd do myself some damage. So I think you become a bit more fragile as you get a little bit older. <laughs> well, that's what I always uh, I always tell people. Uh, other stories in the papers today. Um, bam, 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 bam. Oh, I love this story. This was such a good story. This was for school-run mums. Uh, the leader is Tracy Lumley. Tracy Lumley uh, was watching and waiting for the kids to come out of school. And another mother... And they saw some men nipping and nicking scrap metal from a garden. Thieves. Thieves. So what did she do? She didn't sort of make any attempt to sort of try and approach the men or anything like that. Uh, what, what they did, they penned them in with their motor cars so they couldn't get out. And then they berated them 
the two, two blokes, until the police arrived minutes later. She said, I was on my way home and I saw a lady quite shaken, so I put the window down to see if she was OK. She said, they're robbing from my garden. I parked in front and a mum pulled up alongside so they couldn't leave. They stood on the pavement as we told them what we thought. I said, what do you think you're doing? Someone looked on Facebook and saw they were stealing in the area last week. They didn't speak much English, but one tried to say they'd done nothing wrong in their culture. Load of old cobblers, isn't it, really? I'm sorry, it's got nothing. There's some bloke who's just been taken off the road, thank God. He thought he was driving to Hungarian rules on the road. And these ones saying it's OK. So, in other words, you know, in their culture, it's OK to thieve. I think not. But uh, we told them it was wrong. We didn't take any aggro. And uh, they, they were quite taken aback. Well done to you. Well done to you girls. That was fantastic. That's in uh, Devon, in a place called Horrorbridge. The adrenaline kicked in. and It wasn't out of the ordinary. I just helped somebody in need. And they've nicked two Birmingham men who were held on suspicion of theft. Cops said several mothers on their way back from school wouldn't let the offenders leave. We thank them. Good for them. Good for them. More of that, thank you very much indeed. Let's stop these thieving little so-and-sos from stealing. And that woman, and brilliant, 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 brilliant. I love that. You've got to watch people. Round my way, they actually thieve from charity shops. People thieve from charity shops. I know. You can't believe it, can you? Uh, Francis says, did you know that the pig is the one animal you can eat everything of? Oh, right, OK. <laughs> A friend of mine, big fan of... Uh, of, uh, of adverts says if the antibiotic ad song was released as a single it could quite possibly threaten the Christmas market it's true though isn't it, it, it sometimes it's the oddest records that make it into the charts if anybody ever thought about releasing things as a as a single and it could be up there with the wonder of Woolies I can't remember how that one went I remember Wool oh, Woolworths don't we miss it but it could be the number one slot you could sort of play it you know on, on a radio show and because uh, radio shows have broken more artists now. You know, remember that Over the Rainbow that was done by that woman who died? And that, I think, that was Terry Wogan. And that just it went, it just took off, didn't it, really? Could be up there with For Mash Gets Smash. Do you remember that one? <laughs> they used to laugh, these little creatures. <laughs> used to make me laugh as well. Mind you, I laughed at Charles, is it Charles Pembridge, the, mark, uh, the, um, the laughing policeman? Charles Pemberton or something like that. But uh, that was another one. Anybody laughing, it makes me laugh. I've, if, I, if I want to really cheer myself up, I will go onto YouTube and, and I will put in somebody laughing. And it, it could be anybody. It it's generally involves uh, Pip Schofield, who corpses at the drop of a hat. I mean, I don't know what you've got to say to him to make him laugh. He must be having a field day with poor old uh, Peter Andre, poor soul. And um, you, you know the story? Oh, you'll have to download my, my programme today because there is the story of Pete, Peter Andre um, and, uh, and what Rebecca Vardy said about him. She wasn't at all complimentary. It was all a bit disappointing, really. Well, for Peter Andre, but then, of course, quite a number of people have said to Peter Andre, he's, he's uh, uh, unlike uh, an ex of Joan Collins who was called Bungalow Bill Wiggins. And people said, why is he called Bungalow? And they said, well, because it's all downstairs, not much upstairs. And uh, in the case of Peter Andre, it's not downstairs either, not according to Re Rebecca Vardy. Uh, a friend of mine says, that's the wonder of Woolworths. That's the wonder of a good old Woolies Christmas. I re vaguely remember it. Was that a lot of people dancing? I'm trying to think what would be my favourite... Oh, please don't write in. Uh, my favourite Christmas adverts on the television. I like anything with the meerkats on, because that must be great. You'd imagine if you go into a pub and you go, oh, I, I could do an impression for you do the meerkat, doctor, you know, and, and you think, no, oh, it doesn't sound at all like him, mate. You get, no, I am the voice of the meerkat. Yeah, right, whatever. 
You know, I think that'd be quite good fun, wouldn't it, really, to be the voice of the meerkats and do it. It's like Roland Rat. You go into a pub and you go, actually, I can do an impression of Roland Rat. Yeah, do it. No, it's not much cop, is it, really? Coming up very shortly, the news at six o'clock this morning. If you're still in bed, I'd stay there. If you're ill, if you've got a cough or a cold, diabetes, a new health alert. Uh, banned the migrant who was driving to Hungarian laws on British roads. Doesn't work, does it? We've managed to ban him. Uh, Georgia Toffolo won't win the jungle as she's not working class, says one of her pals. No, that's the problem, dear. She is working class. She's not posh at all. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Wednesday, 29th of November. It's cold. It's going to get colder. It's going to drop to about uh, minus 10. Just what you don't need, isn't it? This is where you start going through those things that you bought off the internet. And what were those other things that you bought? It's where you sort of put all your jumpers into a plastic bag and then you connect the hoover and it takes the air out of the bag and then you store it under your bed. And then when it comes to next year, you just sort of push a button and go, and all your jumpers are all nice and fluffy again. Because if by now you haven't taken your jumpers out of the bags, under the bed or dragged them out of the loft, you're going to freeze to death today. Blooming, absolutely freezing out there. Uh, the mirror on the front page. Oh, look, it's a picture of Harry and her. She, it's quite an interesting picture, actually. They're sort of goofing around a little bit. Um, because I should imagine, coming from the family that Harry comes from, there isn't an awful lot of goofing around that goes on. They do a little bit of it, but uh, she's definitely wearing the trousers in this, in this marriage. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. And she's going to sit the British citizen test. We've had people giving up now. Literally, people are packing up their uh, everything. Also, a low-key royal wedding, which again is what we predicted. I said this will not be a big wedding. This will be for family and friends. People who've known him for ages and members of her family. Select them carefully. Because they won't know anything about protocol at all. They'll have to be reading up. He'll have to be recommending that they learn what they have to do in front of the Queen of England and her husband and Charles and every you know there is a, there's a there's a protocol to do you can't just stand there and go all right all right mate Charles Charles over here babe over here let's have a picture let's do a selfie don't want to go down the, down like that way do we really but uh, no it'll be interesting to see how it uh, all goes on but I was right on that I was right on the wedding venue I was right on the honeymoon destination and I said it would be low key they're not doing a big thing they're not doing a big thing at all he's obviously going to the gym to try and keep himself fit. Because she looks like she could possibly wear him out a little bit. And um, he, he went to the gym yesterday, but he went off to another gym. And I thought, don't they have a gym? They've got all these rooms sitting around at Ken Palace. Surely somebody's thought about putting in some gym equipment and a couple of mirrors. It can't be that complicated, can it, really? Uh, also, Corrie star Bruno. I did grope two women. This is Bruno Langley, admitted drunkenly groping two people. He played Todd Grimshaw. I thought he was a good character. I thought he was, uh, he was fine. And uh, and then he's just he's basically thrown his his career away, thrown it away because he did something in a nightclub when he was drunk, and uh, he uh, he sort of kind of regrets it now. But then people always do. See, drink affects people in different ways. But as I said, if you're somebody who is famous, you're on the television, you're known to millions of people. I mean, it's the biggest program next to EastEnders in the land. They sort of flip flop between the two of them. And you think to yourself, well, why are you not being more protective of yourself? You've got to be more protective. You've got to go out there and almost have a clean image. It's not possible. Because either you're going to be a target for people who are going to make up stories about you, or you're going to be putting yourself into a situation for which you cannot get back. A bit similar to Connor Maynard's brother 
isn't it? Who's come up with all this homophobic stuff that he was uh, tweeting about ages and ages ago. The latest that they've discovered is that he was putting stuff about talking about rape and things like that. I mean, he's effectively his sponsors must be deserting like rats jumping off a ship. Because once you've gone down that route and they've discovered, you know, we had another actor, didn't we? I think from EastEnders. And he wrote some stuff which was wholly inappropriate. Oh, no, he was, I think he was Corrie as well. They've had a few people in Corrie who've had slight brushes with the media. And the media have got very long memories. And they go back quite a long way. They remember people who do things. And in his case, he says, yes, I did grope them. So he's been found guilty. They've spared him prison which I suppose, you know, is is the good thing for him. But he says, I, I've apologised. I have no memory of what happened because of excesses, uh, excessive alcohol. So he's been axed from Corrie, but he, he will be on screen until Christmas Eve. Um, it's a shame, really, that, that people do want to throw their careers away. He must have been really, really drunk. Because if you can't remember... So how does that work? Does he then have to say, yes, I did do it, but he can't remember it? That's an odd one, isn't it? Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Somebody said, do you know how Ian Lee's doing in the jungle? No, no, not a, not a clue. He's certainly not said anything funny up until now. In fact, he hasn't said anything funny at all, ever. You know, he's sort of slightly, slightly uh, out of his depth in the jungle. He's already had one, one breakdown because he's on medication. I don't know how they could put somebody in the jungle who is fragile, They've had other people who are fragile. Gemma Collins was fragile when she first went in. And there was a rumour she was going to be going back in again for the second time. But then somebody decided to give her a, a clothing range, which is just atrocious, awful. But I'm sure somebody will buy it. It's like getting into the charts. I was I bumped into a friend of mine earlier on. And, uh, and she said, have you seen how Tony Beak's album is doing in the charts? I said, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't aware that he sings. He's just irritating. Tony Beak is Anton Dubeck, by the way. He decided to change it, make himself sound a bit posher. But then I've heard of lots of other people who've actually done that. Lots of other people have sort of given themselves very sort of posh-sounding names, and yet it turns out it's just to cover up the fact that they've got, you know, a sort of a name that doesn't quite live up to the same expectations. In fact, I think there was a very famous ballerina. I can't remember. Was it Dame Nanette de Valois or something? Whatever it was, it was something like that. It was sort of Edith Rose or something. But uh, it's all these other... People out there. Christmas cards. You're doing Christmas cards this year? I do hope so. We like a Christmas card. Please, no glitter. And uh, guess which one out of all of them? They had um, a design competition to come up with the best Christmas card. And which one wins? A snowman. Because it's difficult to know what to do for Christmas, isn't it? Is it is it a, a photograph of a robin sitting on a garden gate or sitting on a spade in frozen ground with a bit of frost? Uh, or is it a picture of uh, a village with a Christmas tree and people singing round it? That's quite a popular one. Santa on his, on his sleigh coming through a forest. I used that one for a couple of years, actually, for some cards that I had uh, done up. Might still be out there. Some Steve Allen Diabetes UK Christmas cards, which were laminated, if you please. Very posh. Nowadays, I don't, I don't tend to send many Christmas cards. I give a few Christmas cards, but I don't, I don't send many Christmas cards. I think probably only about ten. But at one time, I think Christopher Biggins must send out quite a few hundred, if not more than a few hundred, because he does send out cards to a lot of people, him and Neil. He's in Panto this year at Richmond with Ricky Jay. Ricky Jay's down there. So that'd be good. I've got to, I've got to go down there, actually. I haven't been to a, a Panto for ages and ages. I, I normally try and get to see one every few years, but, you know, then through uh, work and everything else, it never wins. So the uh, the picture is done. It's um, done by, uh, I think, an eight-year-old. And it's going to be sold for the NSPCC. So it's, it's quite... I quite like it, actually. 
Again, it's got a robin, and it's got a snowman, and he's got a carrot, and he's got a scarf, and he's got twigs for arms, which is good. Because I think kids do, do Christmas better. You know, if I was still at school and I was a child, I'd be sort of drawing pictures of probably a snowman. It's the easiest thing to draw. You know, that and a tree. You could do a fir tree and a Christmas tree, a tannenbaum, or tannenbaum, or a little village. I couldn't do a village or something like that, or people, so it would have to be something easy. And the easiest thing to do would to do uh, would, would, would to be a snowman. Because you just do two circles, paint them white, put a top hat on his head. It's easy peasy, isn't it? Over in uh, Oz, over in Oz, yeah, big up Oz. A Brit attacked by a crocodile only realised she was bitten when she saw, saw blood running down her leg. And you think to yourself, how can that be? And the answer is, I don't know. Perhaps she was drunk. Leia, who didn't want to give her full name, was bitten by uh, a saltwater croc at a remote creek in Cape Tribulation. In Queen, Have you heard of Cape... No, isn't that funny? But uh, why does she not want to give her full name? Isn't that odd? Why you would why you not want to give your full name? She's been bitten by this crocodile. A pal's video of the sneak attack went viral. An image of cuts and blood on Leia's thigh was also uploaded. She said, I didn't see it. It just jumped towards me. I remember crawling, feeling like I had a dead leg. I looked and saw blood. Her wound was treated in hospital and then she was discharged. Oh, dear. That would frighten the life out of me because crocodiles move fast. They can literally lie under the water. You've seen them on all the Attenborough programmes. They lie just under the water and the wildebeest are going, oh, very scared, very scared, take a bit of water. And all of a sudden this thing leaps out of the water at them. You'd never imagine it could do because it's, it's so big and so, uh, so heavy. But they do leap out of the water and they do, they do drag people back in again. So you've got to be very careful, very careful. Uh, another one here. It says, I was visiting my girlfriend in Cologne. Lo and behold, what did I see on the high street? A large Woolworths open for business and bustling. Woolworths still going well in, Hend- uh, in, in Germany. Probably would be, actually. Probably still going well in, uh, in America, isn't it? The Woolworths heiress used to have a big uh, mansion in Palm Beach. Very nice. There's a wonderful Elvis record with him laughing. Cracks me up every time, says Kim. Elvis laughing. I don't, I'm not even sure if something like that even exists. Never heard him laughing. Actually, no, I have heard him laughing. I'm sure I've seen, I've seen film of something like that. Uh, Steve, why don't we have trams in London? Oh, God, put them where? We've still got remnants of trams in London. The Kingsway Tunnel is where the trams used to come out the, uh, the other side. I can remember Reading. They had trolley buses. Trolley buses. And if you want to see trams... Then you go to the London Transport Museum in Covent Garden. That's a great one for, for kids because you can actually go and sort of have a look at what a tram was. And you think it's embarrassing, really. In my lifetime, I remember these things. They've still got them in uh, Blackpool. Some of the seaside towns up north have still got them. But Blackpool, they illuminate them. They've got all lights on them and the Blackpool trams. And people sort of like things like that. But in London, I don't think uh, there's no it, it's, it's too risky. There's too much traffic, way too much traffic. When I was a kid... Says Freddie, I saw the tram rails taken up in North London, 1953. Nearly every town in Europe has them. Where in London do we have them? Croydon. He says, I mean Croydon. Where's that? Well, I don't know. It's out that way somewhere, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, they have them. It's modern, though, isn't it, in Croydon? They've got them in Manchester, I believe. Somebody told me they've got... Yeah, I know that because um, there's lots of LBC posters all over over the uh, the Manchester tram. I quite like the idea. They've they've got them in in Vienna. They just go round, round the city. They're lovely, but it's, it's people who sort of sit there and, you know, there's bound to be problems in London. We have so much travel, so much travel. 
I miss Woolies Pick and Mix, Steve. My granddad always gave me 10p to spend on it when we went shopping. Of course, it never cost him 10p, always a little bit more. I don't bother with Pick and Mix now. You know why? You see it at the fun fairs. And the reason I don't bother with it is because all the sweets that they're actually selling, uh, they're heavy. And these things are sold by weight. So you can generally... I remember seeing somebody, they're putting all these sweets in there, thinking, oh, you have this fine, you know, big, chunky sweets. And I'm thinking... And it was like 24 quid for sweets. They're sold by weight. Don't ever buy them. They pop up at the station, Waterloo Station. And I always studiously avoid anything like that because it's just so expensive. Go and buy them online. Go and buy them somewhere else. Anywhere else. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Amir Khan, apparently, according to the paper today, needed a break from the family drama, most of which was his own making, I seem to remember, you know, if he hadn't sort of been the sort of person he is. Uh, so over in the jungle, it's uh, Stanley, who's doing very, very well indeed. Ian Lee, nobody's really bothered with, so that doesn't matter. Uh, although his producer started talking about him on the radio. Well, no, she's doing on the radio. I've got no idea. Another one of these people with delusions, I suppose. But uh, always entertaining. I would think, I don't never understand why people put producers on the radio whole idea is you talk about them. You don't listen to them. You know, they, you know if my, my producer says something to me, he says it in, d- during the, uh, the headphone break. But I always worry about somebody who starts actually going on the radio. That's always the, the slippery slope. But as I say, no audience. No audience. Uh, I don't understand, Steve. I do not understand why Meghan is marrying Harry. Is she really keen to give up her career in show business? Yes. She's given it up already. She's already said that she's given it up. She's not interested. She's not accepting any any work at the moment. What she does here, I have no idea. I think she'll I think she'll be bored. If you've been an actress, you know, and then all of a sudden you sort of join the royal firm and she's got her first engagement, I think it's I think it's this coming Friday. I think it's this coming Friday. And um and you think, so they're not married yet, so she's gonna be going out with him, then they'll get married early part of next year. They must be working it out already, mustn't they? They must have they must have had the invitations printed. They must have drawn up the list because it's that there's a lot to, to do in. They've got to bring in all the uh, the florists and the musicians and they've got to book the table. The table seating will have to be done. You know, these things don't happen overnight. They'll be saying to people, right, keep this date free. They will be telling them. They won't tell us yet, but they will be telling people, keep this, this date free because people could be busy. They could be saying, I'm washing the cat or, you know, got to take the car through the car wash. But then all of a sudden they're going to be going, oh, it's Harry's. But it's it's low-key. It's low-key. And so as long as they, it's, it's fine like that. Low-key does not mean there won't be loads of coverage in the press. There will be loads of coverage in the press. They'll be allowed to take pictures and uh, she'll have an outfit, a dress made by... Well, we don't know. We were guessing David Emmanuel yesterday on the programme because we think... I mean, I'm sure Harry would probably agree. And William, you know, given given the choice of people that they don't know... Somebody who knew their mother, who had a, a fantastic link with Diana, Princess of Wales. So I thought that would be quite uh, quite clever. That would be very inspired. Very inspired. But as I say, we don't know. David, who keeps things close to his chest anyway, because these, uh, these could be potential clients, he's not about to give anything away to me. Even if he gave me the nod, you know, and said, well, actually, I am doing it. He couldn't, he couldn't risk doing it in case I sat on air and went, oh, David Emmanuel's definitely doing it. So you, you can't say anything like that. Somebody's come forward to claim a lottery prize. And the interesting thing is, this is uh, November the 18th. And uh, I think it was, it was about £18 million. Pounds, but they've come forward now 
So we have to, to hope that maybe it is, and they are right. Here's a picture of poor old Rebecca Vardy. Do you know, without any makeup on, she's very, very ordinary. Uh, also, the comedian called Chappy Corsandi, who I'd never heard of, but Rebecca Vardy has been criticised by viewers after she barked orders. She's not pleasant. She's so, she's so desperate to be famous. It's a, it's a sad reflection of today's society. But um, there you go. I've never hated anybody more than Rebecca Vardy, wrote one viewer. Although, strangely enough, I spoke to somebody the other day. can't tell you who it is. Uh, a very close friend of mine. And he said, actually, said, I really fancy her. I said, well, hang around, mate. You might stand a chance. <laughs> Viagra over the counter. You don't have to see your GP. No more prescriptions. No, nothing like that. Originally development for high blood pressure and angina. I've got high blood pressure in angina. <laughs> Actually, I also qualify for, for, for getting Viagra because I'm a diabetic. Then they discovered it was very effective in 1998 at coping with erectile dysfunction, taken orally as a 25, 50 milligram or 100 milligram. What the dickens is the difference? So 25 is, oh, we'll hang around for about, you know, an hour or so. And then you get 50 milligrams. That's about 30 minutes. And 100 milligram, I think you'd have to start off naked, wouldn't you, really? Otherwise, you know, it's all going to be over and done with very quickly. And so it works by increasing blood flow. Blood flow. Can't even say it now. Uh, some 1.7 million prescriptions for Viagra, or its generic version, Slidnafil, were given out in England in 2015. Possible side effects include, because there are side effects, uh, nausea, vomiting, headaches and even visual disturbances. Heart attacks are sometimes reported. Don't give it to your auntie Winnie. Goodness sake. Does it work for women? I wonder if women could take it as well. Or is it mainly for, for men? Producer says women can take it too. Oh, did you not say that? I thought you nodded and said yes when I said, can women take it? You were nodding out of interest. What do you mean, nodding? That's female Viagra. Yeah, that's called a man. Ridiculous. How can you not know this? I'll have to go and ask a... I'll have to ask a... Yeah, perhaps I'll ask Lucy Beresford. Is there a female Viagra? There probably is. It's called a bottle of Prosecco. It's probably the kind of thing that sort of gets... Because I think, I think drink always gets people in the mood, doesn't it? But uh, imagine 100 milligrams of, uh, of this. I mean, that, that sounds a little bit too much by anybody's standard. But you just better go in and purchase it. How much? I've got no idea. They don't say that. But a lot of people buy fake drugs because there's lots of fake things. So this time you won't have to sort of take something which you don't know what it is. At least you will know. I did try it once. I did try it once. But the trouble... And I, I think people think... That Viagra, and you'll have to check with Lucy Beresford on this, I'm not an acknowledged expert, but you have to be feeling romantic. You have to be feeling inclined. OK, it's no good just sort of, you know, popping it in the morning going, OK, here we go, we're all ready now. It doesn't work like that. You've got to be, it, it, it works on emotions. We, we just took it to try it, to see what the effect, yeah, I took it with a friend of mine. And years and years, oh, donkey's years ago, like 15 years ago. And it just makes you very hot. You just... You know, when you sort of, it's a bit like sort of, I suppose, for, for sort of girls having a menopause or something. You sit there going, it's way too hot. And so we sort of took it and, and that, <laughs> that was it. Sorry, it made me cough thinking about it. But it's, sorry? Nothing, you just got very hot. Because unless you're feeling romantically inclined, it doesn't, it doesn't operate like that. You don't just sort of take it and immediately you're sort of primed. Uh, anyway, best Christmas card, Steve Allen on a Christmas pudding, says Rebecca. Thank you. They've got trams in Birmingham, says Malcolm on the road as well. You see, I quite like them. Trams have got sort of very, um, very sort of romantic, haven't they now? Uh, Elton John will perform at the wedding, says John in Hendon. I, I don't think so. It's going to be low key. 
This is good. And also, he doesn't feature as part of their uh, uh, coterie of groups that they like. So I think unlikely Elton John, but I, I, there's definitely a few things I could, I could see them coming back with, especially when it comes to dress designing. It depends what she wants or what they can afford. Because I don't, I don't know how much Diana's wedding dress cost. I should imagine probably a lot of money, a lot of material, a lot of work went into it. So uh, we'll, we'll wait and find out. Because there's, there's going to be so much more between now and the wedding day. But they will be organised. The bands will have to be arranged. There'll be a, a military band, no doubt, who'll be marching up and down. And uh, then the car will bring them down from the castle to St George's Chapel. And they will arrive. And then the Queen will arrive. I think that's how it works. Or is it the other way around? I can't remember. Normally it would be the other way round, But I think with the royal family, it's, uh, it's somewhat different. Uh, children, we are told, are starting to spot fake news. Is there a, is, am I missing out on this one? Is there a lot of fake news out there? And I'm not noticing it. Because they say here older children are becoming uh, increasingly savvy. That's according to an Ofcom report. More than half of youngsters aged 12 to 15 use Facebook and Twitter to access news online. I mean, sometimes I read things, but I'm, I'm assuming most of it's genuine. I go to a... I have a, a site which is programmed into my phone and it's just called News. And it's got The Independent, it's got The Sun, it's got all of them. And uh, and I go onto that every day just to see what what the top stories are. And it puts up the top stories. The later, Well, the top story at the moment is North Korea. Uh, also, Meghan Markle's family... Wait, wait for this one. Here we go. They've said they will go to the wedding without an invite. I don't think they've got any idea how it operates in this country, have they? You know, so they've said here, we will travel to Britain for the Windsor Castle wedding, even if we're not invited. Member of her US clan have squabbled with each other throughout her relationship, putting their places on her guest list for May's ceremony in doubt. And um, Samantha is the half-sister. She's called Meghan the Pushy Princess. Tom Markle was arrested for allegedly holding a gun to his girlfriend's head. Well, you don't want them there, do you? Uh, Meghan's niece says, I'd probably come to the UK for the wedding, even if I'm not invited. Well, you won't get in. I mean, what's, I mean, what sort of security do you think we've got in this country? The answer is, you know, if we can catch terrorists, we're going to keep out a few scrabbly old members of her family. Easy peasy. You won't get anywhere near it. You won't get anywhere near it. You might sort of want to turn up and go, sorry, I'm her sister. They go, where's your invite? You're not even on the guest list. They won't be getting in. They'll have to stand outside with the crowds doing interviews, I suppose, on, you know, why they weren't allowed in. God, it's going to be a nightmare, isn't it? You can just tell me. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Coming up with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning at 7 on LBC, the Brexit Secretary David Davis faces contempt of Parliament after censoring a Brexit dossier. Should the sensitive material be shared or for government eyes only? London Underground could adopt a Tokyo-style announcement system to avoid scenes of pandemonium seen at Oxford Circus Station last week. Full details on the show. And speculation of a final Brexit bill ranges from £40 to £50 billion. Nick will be speaking to prominent Brexiteer and Cabinet Minister Chris Grayling to question what's the final score on the exit door. All of that and more with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 on LBC. Did somebody say that they're going to be putting in... 4G on the underground. Is that going to be happening? So you better use your... God, oh, it's bad enough above ground. Now you're going to get it below ground as well. Mind you, there's so much noise on an underground train. Are you seriously... I mean, what, what call could you possibly want to make or receive on an underground train? The noise, the rattling and everything. You'll be going, I'm sorry. It'd be people shouting. I'm on the, I'm on the train. I remember the first time they put uh, phones 
in aeroplanes. And everybody said the same thing. They said, you can use the phone in front of you in the seat. And so you sort of picked it up and you made a local call just to say to somebody, I'm calling you from the aeroplane. And everybody said exactly the same. It's going to be like this, isn't it? The moment it arrives on the London tube, they'll be going, I'm on the tube. I'm going to Paddington. Pad... Oh, God, the bloody signal's gone. We're going to Paddington. And we're all going to be sitting there going, why don't you just leave it until you get off the train and then go and phone somebody? Because people have the most pointless conversations on telephones. I was listening to somebody the other day on the train, on the phone, and it was the most boring, one-sided conversation I'd ever heard. It was so dull. Uh, Kate's uncle, Gary. Yes, uh, Gary is a nasty, nasty little drunk. He's been fined £5,000 for punching his wife during a row. And the judge told him, you're a nasty little drunk. Uh, she was unconscious for about 12 seconds. Horrible person. Let me can't pick your relatives, can you? You cannot pick your relatives. And is this right? A woman called Vera. She's 90. She doesn't look 90. She meets a 91-year-old man in a pub 45 minutes beforehand. And then she agrees to go on a Mediterranean cruise. And he pays the bill of £3,700. Family members were aghast. She's a widowed great-grandmother. She was on a coach trip with friends when they stopped for lunch and met the charmer, who wasn't part of their group. After talking about holidays over a glass of wine, the man, identified only as John, took her over the road to a travel agent where he paid 3700 for an 11-day trip. Everything was uh, above board as they had twin beds in their rooms. And despite turning down his offer to go to the Caribbean next year, she said, Life is for living. I'm not dead yet. I'm a bit tottery, but I'm a damn <laughs> better off than a lot of others. I would say to people, seize the day. So she did. He actually obviously liked her and uh, paid the £3,700 bill. Amazing. I suppose you do meet things. Well, it's like, you know, people meeting and falling in love, isn't it? Uh, also, the judge, his regret over a hit-and-run driver. He's apologised. The judge has apologised that he couldn't jail a hit-and-run driver for longer for smashing into a pedestrian and catapulting him 60 feet down the road. Adam McDermott... 33, was speeding around a corner on the wrong side of the road when he ploughed into a father of three, crossing the road, flipping his body into the air. What a horrible piece of work you are, Adam. But um, uh, Mr Payne survived the crash in Brighton, uh, suffered serious injuries and was hospitalised for six days with bleeds on the brain and a punctured lung. Almost two years on, the energy meter reader, who was making house calls at the time, has still got pain. So, uh, unfortunately, McDermott could only go to prison for four years. Should have been 40 years, shouldn't it? They've actually got uh, footage of this man. I saw it once myself. I was going through Kingston. We stopped at a traffic light. Unfortunately, the car that was coming behind me to the left-hand side didn't see the pensioner crossing the road and went straight th through them. And they were thrown up into the air. Frightened the life out of me. I looked the other way. I had to look the other way. It's so dreadful. And this morning, I'm waiting for the, uh, for the car to bring me to work. And uh, they're red traffic lights. A car comes hurtling down the high street, straight over red traffic lights. You know, not a buy or leave. And you think to yourself, this is how people lose their lives and cars crash into things because people don't, don't bother checking. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Front pages of the papers. It's still Megan in a lot of cases. In the, uh, the Daily Mail's case, they've got a picture of her taken when she was 15. And she was with her friend, uh, who is called Niaki Priddy. And they were in Europe on a trip 21 years ago. And they're pictured outside Buckingham Palace. So they've got the picture sitting on the railing. Everybody does that. You sit on the railings, hope you don't fall backwards. And then somebody takes a, a nice picture of you. And that was the... So where they've got this from, presumably her friend, 
because her friends are going to be selling stories left, right and centre, I assume. Daily Mirror this morning, the groping Corrie star put on the sex offenders register. He can't remember anything about it. So how how he's admitted to it, I don't know. If you can't remember it, I mean, can he genuinely not remember anything about it? How drunk do you have to be to not remember something like that? Also, Meghan to sit the British citizen test before she marries Harry. This would be quite interesting, won't it? Because apparently a lot of you this morning um, can't answer the questions at all. It's not so great, is it? But it's the low-key royal wedding, and as we predicted yesterday, I'm amazed, actually, that all the, the trolls from yesterday, all two of them, haven't come back and gone, yeah, well, you know, whatever. Used to they weren't going to get married, no. But uh, but that was just done, so I could give £20 to Theo Usherwood. wasn't doing that for any other reason. The cost of Viagra is 25 quid for a packet of four with a doctor's prescription, says Freddie. Um, well, that you won't be... Uh, you don't need a prescription for it now. You can just go in and bite over the... Well, you can't until next year. But uh, I would think it's going to be a lot cheaper than that. A lot cheaper than that. Uh, 84850, steve at uh, James reckons that Harry and Meghan's first dance as a man and wife will be two mysterious girls, sung live by Peter Teeny Tiny Andre. I love saying that. It just makes me... The very idea that Peter Andre might sing. I think they should get Rod Stewart to sing. Tonight's the night. You know, that'd be a good one, wouldn't it? Uh, the Sun front page, Corrie's groper, lame excuse. He blames having to play a gay character. Why that would mean that you have to grope women, I've got no idea. Uh, the Royal Wedding fever. There is no fever. We're just all cool with it. We just let it get on. It's, sort of, it's no, no big deal. Harry's had a girlfriend. Harry's had a girlfriend. And here comes the Brit, because she wants to be a UK citizen. They will tie the knot at Windsor. As we told you on LBC yesterday morning, she'll be baptised for the big day. And that's how she can, with the Queen's permission, use the chapel at Windsor. And very nice it is too. They've used it for all sorts of things. And, um, and it's very nice. And it also means they can keep it contained. Anything outside of that, it starts becoming a little bit messy. And people start going, is it safe? What about security arrangements? We know how many lunatics there are out there. Because you see people going, oh, it's an opportunity, isn't it, to do this? Like going to Winter Wonderland. The security arrangements there are phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Because people want to go and enjoy themselves, and that's a good opportunity for other people to spoil other people's happiness. So we don't want anything like that going on, do we? Thank you. So keep it at Win Windsor Castle. You've got all the security you need in the entire world. And I'm sure it'll go fine. And then they'll go and honeymoon in, in uh, Africa. I think they're going to go to Botswana. I'd be very surprised if they don't, because it's a great place to go to. Uh, the Times this morning, again, it's because it's party season. And party season means they never care about the boys. Nobody, nobody gives a stuff about the boys, what, what the boys wear at parties. Nobody cares about. But the girls, it's best party dresses. So nothing in Gemma Collins's range, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Britain to pay EU bills for decades. May agrees deal worth up to 50 billion, or it could be 40. And the university chief... This is the one that we talked about on the programme. This is the Vice-Chancellor of Bath University has stepped down. Dame Glynis Breakwell. Salary package, £468,000. Will leave her post at the end of summer term next year. However, she will take a sabbatical on full pay before retiring in 2019. The university revealed it would also write off the interest-free loan for her £31,000 car, which she can keep. My God, honestly. It's it's like the gravy train, isn't it? Like being an MEP. They used to say, you know, an MEP, what do you do? Not really a lot, actually, just eating and drinking and socialising. Get paid a huge salary, but don't actually have to sort of produce anything at the end of the day. The I, this morning, Brexit divorce bill deal is close. 
Uh, Davis warned by the Speaker he may be held in contempt of Parliament for refusing to release Brexit briefings in full. The Irish border, as we said the other day, is the key stumbling block as time runs out for the trade talks. Uh, how Winston wined and dined Uncle Joe. I'm assuming... Oh, it is. It's Winston Churchill. It is Winston Churchill. <laughs> Somebody likened Ian Lee to Winston, Ch- Winston Churchill. How that came about, I've got no idea. And the Britain's telling of total chaos on Bali. We're stuck next to a volcano. And the interview is Richard Gere on Steve Coogan. That's an interesting, uh, an interesting pairing, isn't it? Steve Coogan and Richard Gere. Do you remember when Richard Gere and Cindy Crawford had to issue a letter to a paper denying the rumour that they were gay and that they were, in fact, in a heterosexual relationship and they expected to be together for the rest of their lives and it was all wonderful? Because people started putting a rumour about that he was gay and then they started the rumour that she was gay and then they started putting the rumour about that it was uh, an organised relationship. So they, the, the couple had this... This thing drawn up, you know, to those people who were interested in the fact that we are an item together. We are heterosexual. We're in a monogamous relationship, blah, 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 blah. Two years later, they split up. They filed for divorce. In fact, I can't even remember where he is at the moment, but I'm sure somebody will remember things like that. Lots of nice pictures of uh, Meghan Markle with uh, the Ralph Lauren public relations director and friend of the royal family (coughs) called Violet von Westenhotz. I don't know who she is. I've got no idea. I thought it was somebody else, actually. But they say this is the person who put the uh, the blind date in place for her and Prince Harry. There we go. Uh, teachers could face exam papers ban amid public school scandal. Uh, this is uh, teachers barred from setting exam papers under proposals being considered by Ofqual in the wake of the public school cheating scandal. Viagra sold in chemists to tackle counterfeit drug sales. I don't know what it's worth, but I should imagine it's worth millions and millions. In fact, here, over the five years, the MHRA has seized more than £50 million of unlicensed and counterfeit erectile dysfunction medicines. Wow, £50 million. That's why there's big money in it. So once they start selling it over the counter, market collapses, which is good news. The fridge... Is a place for fruit, not a fruit bowl. Because we all use... Oh. Where was that taken? This, <laughs> in the studio. Is that in this studio? So I'm, so I'm looking at pictures online. This is from Julie again. She's got a collection. Look at that. I look as miserable as anything. I look bar humbug Christmas. Look like I've got a traffic cone on my head. Yeah. Oh, do you think the hat's photoshopped on? Oh, you might be right, actually. I don't know. Never thought about that. Another bandage around my head. I know that. Uh, plus, James May, if you look closely, Jeremy is rather... Feminine, I don't believe a word of it. And uh, the football special, all the action from last night, big matches. So uh, a short um, a short break. They do ask the question of this photo on the front of the Telegraph. Is this the matchmaker behind the Royal Engagement? I was told not. I was told it's a bloke. And it was the bloke who went with her to the Montreal Games and was sitting next to her. I don't, I don't know where this woman's come from at all. I've got no idea. But uh, as I say, generally we're right on the programme. Been right so far about everything, which is always good news. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. Wednesday, the 29th of November. So you've only got one more day. In fact, I've only got one more day till Iceland opens in Twickenham. It's been closed since since forever and a day. And uh, they've obviously decided that we're, we're the area for it. So it's big. Uh, and we've got a Nando's, we've got all sorts of things. It's like sort of the regeneration of the high street. We do, of course, have all the usual coffee shops and we do have a huge proliferation of charity shops as well. It's just trying to get businesses in. That's the problem with the high street because people, because you should encourage people to use the high street. You know, we've got a very good fish shop, very good um, 
uh, fruit and veg shop. And we've got loads of we've got a bicycle shop. How, how popular the bicycle shop is, I've got no idea. But we, we've got shops there which sort of keep things going. We've got the River Thames that runs through. We've got, you know, some nice little restaurants. We've got nice sort of nice sort of things to do. It's uh, what they call a family town. I think we should call it the Glad Town. I think that's quite a nice idea, the Glad Town. And down the road, we've got Richmond, up the road. As Nick Ferrari will tell you, we've got Hampton Court Palace, which is quite quite nice and beautiful. And uh, and in summertime, it's just full of people sitting, lounging, watching the world go by, which I, I quite like, actually. And we've got also easy access. I'm trying to sell it, aren't I? Obviously pushing the prices up. And I, um, I <laughs> and we're very near the motorways. We've got the M3, the M11, M25. It's all very near to us. Very well serviced for trains. Very well serviced for trains. Because we've got trains either direct from Twickenham to Waterloo. Well, they stop at Richmond, then Clapham Junction, then Waterloo. Uh, or you can get the bus. There's a night bus that actually drops off in Twickenham. The N18 or something like that. In fact, the more I think about it, it's actually, I think I'll go and live there. It sounds absolutely ideal, doesn't it? Just a sort of place where you want to, uh, where you want to be. I don't know. If, if I had the money, where would I live? Richmond Hill. Richmond Hill is beautiful. It's got a very famous scene where you overlook the River Thames, in a bend in the River Thames that heads up the, uh, up the river to, uh, to Hampton Court. And uh, that's quite nice. So now, now we're in the middle of winter. We're all going to freeze to death. But what would be nice is to have some some sunny weather. But it's not going to be happening. They've said it's going to go down to minus 10. I think that's a conservative estimate. But this morning it was noticeably colder. Definitely. I came outside when the short space of time my little hands were frozen, ladies and gentlemen. Megan can uh, borrow my life in the UK book. So she'll be well equipped during her question time, says Diane. Really good to read and very interesting. My life in the UK. She's just got to know the answers to questions. But, I mean, as they printed the questions for her, she's only got to learn them. It can't be difficult. She's used to learning lines. So I'm assuming she can learn everything else. Uh, Front page of The Guardian. Child knife deaths likely to be the highest in nine years. 42 young people lost their lives, aged 19 and under, by an attack with knives. It seems to be the the young people, these sort of so-called groups, these sort of little gangs that chase people and then sort of... For, it seems to be for no apparent reason, but I fail to understand how it could be for no apparent reason. There must be some sort of reason why you'd want to stab somebody. Why, what sort of people are they? What sort of sick people do things like that? The answer, people very sick. And we send them to prison. What does that do? Nothing. Just makes them probably even worse. Uh, they were talking about diabetes, this new health alert. And they say eating healthily and exercising are vital to avoiding the potentially fatal consequences because they say it's causing a worldwide surge in cancer. It's always one thing, isn't it? It's always something that isn't going to cheer your day up. You can just tell, can't you? And that would be one of the things that wouldn't be cheering your day up. So we're supposed to eat healthily. But I mean, I thought everybody try, you know, we don't, I don't deliberately go out to eat unhealthily. I, I go out to sort of just eat. Unfortunately, I'm going out for breakfast this morning. I shall try and eat healthily, but I know damn well it's not going to be healthy. I'm probably going to have a toasted bacon on white. Or I could have mushrooms on toast or tomatoes on toast or something like that. But what you really want, it's that... And I don't do it very often. I mean, I really don't go out for breakfast. Probably probably once a week. Well, I do go out once a week for uh, for breakfast. Lots of pictures of what it looks like with snow on the ground. They're old library pictures. And I just warn people that, you know, if we do get snow and we do get the ice and we do get frosty roads in the morning, if you've not driven on it, you need to take extreme caution when you're turning corners. Because otherwise you can turn corners 
and the car will follow you round, and there'll be accidents, and it'll be just absolutely dreadful. Brexit to stuff the cost of Christmas. Apparently it'll be up by 18%. Prices of festive ingredients have soared in 12 months. They say turkey is up uh, by a pound, stuffing four pence, Christmas cake a pound, and sprouts 30 pence. Well, I'm not going to worry about that, actually. But they do say Aldi and Lidl were the cheapest. Dinner for eight costs £25.68 and £25.53, respectfully. I always want to find out how much the big London hotels are charging for, for Christmas because it's always quite interesting when you actually sort of work out, they go, oh, this we, we did it last year. We were working out, you know, if you were, if you were free for New Year's Eve and you wanted to go out to a hotel, uh, how much it was going to cost you and the family. And it's like an arm and a leg. I mean, some of them, it was over £200 for Christmas Eve. But it, it did include, sorry, New Year's Eve, it did include actually sort of dinner, wine and dancing. But even so, it seems an awful lot of money, doesn't it? When you could probably do it cheaper at home, get some, get some volivants in and things like that. Uh, who's just a picture of? Kelly Brook. Uh, Kelly Brook going out, attending the third annual British Takeaway Awards. Oh, poor soul, honestly. The Takeaway Awards. Who, who can we get? Can we get somebody really big on that one? Well, Gemma Collins is busy. She's opening a gay bar down in Brighton. But we can get Kelly Brook. Oh, God, can we? Mind you, I suppose she fits in quite nicely. She's definitely ballooned in weight. Definitely. But by the time people put makeup on, it can sort of change their appearances. Uh, the top star's dazzling at a glitzy awards bash. I love the way it's Richard Desmond's because he owns the, uh, the OK magazine and the papers and everything else. So they, they've got, you know, hosted by Britain's Got Talent judge. This is the Beauty Awards. It's, uh, it's got, you know, the sort of people there. Amanda Holden, Richard Desmond with his wife, Jay. And uh, who else looked a bit miserable? No, Dan, uh, Love Island star Danielle Sellers. And Stephanie Pratt. And that was it. You know, there might have been other people there as well. But uh, people obviously were desperate to get uh, pictures taken. They say here the Beauty Awards, among the VIP guests were OK Magazine owner Richard Desmond, his wife, because he owns it. That's why he's getting it. I always love it when the papers sort of do things like When his own papers do things like that. It's even better, isn't it? Uh, now, now, this one, I, have to th- I should have done this at the beginning of the programme. Football pundit Andy Townsend has been branded sexist as he called ex-England player Enai Aluko love. Okay, Apparently the former Aston Villa and Chelsea star outraged radio listeners who called him an idiot for using the term. What love? God blimey. I want to come into the world of show business. Townsend's own goal came after striker Eni joined Arsenal legend Ian Wright on this, uh, on this show on the radio discussing Everton midfielder Morgan something poor form this season, which Eni blamed on what she called a lack of confidence. Townsend then says, is that just confidence, love, or do you not think it's a little bit of guts and heart? Many listeners were furious. <laughs> Get alive. Get alive. Somebody says, "What well, you know, called her love. But loads of people do that. Earlier this year, former England uh, boss Mark Sampson was found to have made a racially discriminating comment to Nigerian-born Eni. Yeah, but he called her love. That's not racially offensive, is it? Calling somebody love. Oh, I say, don't, don't come into show business. These people quite clearly must live in sort of burrows or something. Uh, the Sun this morning, Cory Groper's lame excuse is because he had to play a gay character, but he can't remember it, so I'm not too convinced by that. Meghan wants to be a UK citizen, but she'll have to do, um, she'll have to do this test. But as we've already given her the questions, she should be able to learn it. All she's got to do is sit down with Harry... Uh, if they can bear to keep their hands off each other for about a couple of hours, and learn the answers to the questions. And most of it's fairly straightforward. Uh, Also, a Grenfell Tower victim's nephew 
has launched a campaign to give all local children a toy for Christmas. Um, but I thought they've got enough money. They, they don't need anybody else to buy them toys, do they? What they most of them want is somewhere to live. You know, don't bother with toys at all. But uh, this was somebody who spent a lot of time putting up posters for everybody else. And he says, if I can get a, a present for them. It's not like there's not a lot of money been raised. There's a lot of money been raised and they've been given more money. So that makes more sense, doesn't it? Let's say, get them somewhere to live permanently, thank you, before we start wasting money on toys for Christmas. And Molly King and her Strictly partner, AJ. I have to tell you, AJ, don't ever wear a beanie hat again. It really doesn't suit you. And uh, they went out the other day. Molly, who's... Because bearing in mind that um, they... This thing is... How far ahead are they for filming? Anyway, they were wrapped up against the cold in London, but, um, but they went with a photographer. So you know it's a bit staged. But as I say, the, the publicity is waning for Molly King, as indeed is her dancing ability. Not really getting any better. I think it's Alexandra Burke's in the can, but I think she's lost a lot of fans through wearing fur, for which, incidentally, she has apologised. That's it for this morning. Thank you. I'm going to go and wrap up nice and warm. And there is another reason to download the LBC iPhone app, as well as listening to LBC, wherever you are. You can now listen back to this and all of our other programmes from the last week for free on the new catch-up feature. All you have to do is download the LBC iPhone app, click on catch-up at the bottom. Simples, as they say. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. You can follow me on Twitter at Steve Allen Show. Coming up at 10 this morning, James O'Brien, but up next with breakfast on LBC, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.